0: It's the 30th of April, of 2023. My name is Aaron.
1: My name is Patricia.
0: And to everyone who's a bit confused about why there's a second episode on this weekend, and to those who didn't uh, listen to the other episode, uh, the, we effectively got a double bill for this uh, three day weekend that we have here in the UK. And the reason for that is because we recorded the episode of last week, um, but then me and Patricia both fell ill. So there was no one to really kind of like post the episode. And then eventually, when we got better by Thursday, we just eventually forgot about it. <laughs> so <laughs> apologies in advance. And uh, so this is pretty much the second episode you're getting of this uh, wonderful three day weekend. because it is actually Bank Holiday Monday uh, when this episode actually goes out. So, uh, yeah, do you get a,
1: do you get a, you not get a day off tomorrow, babe? Um, no, I don't. No, unfortunately,
0: also, yeah, yeah. needs to be, someone needs to change the law seriously. President Biden, do something, you know, like you <laughs> more public holidays, please, for my beautiful fiancee. Yeah, yeah,
1: more holidays that'd be great because I am perpetually tired.
0: Yeah, well, you get June teeth off and we don't. So,
1: yeah. uh, that's fair enough. But then again, we just started it in 2019, so it's a fairly new holiday. Yeah, so.
0: Anyway, um, let's get on with the show. Uh, Coming up, uh, our main story is going to be Hatching a Plan, Chicken Run, Don't the Nugget arrives on Netflix uh, later this year.
1: We're going to be talking about the trailers for Disney's Wish and Haley's on it.
0: Uh, An exclusive look on Pixar's Win or Lose will debut at the ANSI Film Festival.
1: We're going to be talking about a lot of the stuff that was featured on CinemaCon 2023, including Kenneth Branagh's new Poitiers film, A Haunting in Venice.
0: We're going to give our post-thoughts on the Owl House Season 3 uh, casual chats on the old school lane.
1: We're going to be talking about Elijah, a.k.a. Average Fangirl, returning to her channel and a lot of other stuff that happened, uh, maybe involving a certain live stream. Mm-hmm. SaberSpark
0: was kicked out of the headquarters of Jehovah's Witnesses.
1: We're going to give a shout out to Paul Thomas, a.k.a. Gunterfan1992, for a new version of his upcoming book they will be releasing this September.
0: Uh, we're going to pay tribute to uh, Harry, uh, to Harry uh, Belafonte and uh, Jerry Springer, who have sadly passed away this week.
1: We're going to be talking about Kung Fu Panda 4 and its plot synopsis. We're
0: going to talk about Deadline, claiming that Paramount Animation, Hasbro, and E1 are going to make the first ever, quote-unquote, Transformers movie, even though there's already been one that's been made in 1980s, and we're going to talk about that, too. <laughs>
1: And finally we're gonna go into our spoiler section with episode eight of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur.
0: You are listening to Aaron and Patricia on the thirtieth of April of twenty twenty three. Okay, so um, the Arrow Meta Show, we constantly keep talking about it, and it constantly keeps not happening, so uh, I am planning an episode, and uh, I think maybe it's probably going to be tomorrow when I record it and uh, post it up on the Arrow Meta Show podcast feed. Um, we, In regards to guests, we're still working out who's gonna, basically going to be on the show, so uh, stay tuned uh, for that. Um, right now, we are going to be talking about, maybe on the show, uh, some of the uh, issues that have been going on, including like uh, the uh, uh, the leave of Ducker Carlson from Fox News, and also that the BBC chairman has resigned, and also a few couple other things that are kind of like politically related, and also entertainment-wise as well. So uh, stay tuned for the return of the Iron Man's show. Hopefully, coming this Monday.
1: All right. And as for me, I'm going to have to post this announcement saying that I'm not going to be able to post episode 200 of my podcast. I know this is supposed to be a major one, but unfortunately, I am stacked this week with a lot of stuff. I got a lot of work that I need to finish up, but hopefully by next week, we'll be able to get back on track with things. And uh, yeah, I am going to be working on a few other things. As you guys know that in a few weeks, we're going to... I mean, <clears throat> we're going over to a major convention, which is Momocon. We're gonna go to Momocon this coming month. It's in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm gonna be focusing a lot more on putting together my panel, which is writing analytical, um, you know, essays for media. So yeah, I- I'm gonna be quiet within the next few weeks on my channel uh, to focus on that. So sorry, everyone. Cool
0: our top story Um, hatching a plan uh, Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget is going to be arriving on Netflix uh, later this uh, year and not only that Armin Animation has actually uh, given us some teasers uh, for the characters who are going to be appearing in this movie and so uh, we have the list uh, somewhere I'm just trying to uh, rediscover where the list is currently
1: on a lot of parts of social media especially on Armin Animation you can check it out on their Facebook and Twitter feed you can check it out on various sources but according to what it says here that they already announced the cast of the movie so let's read it off so we have I'm going to pronounce this name incorrectly so I'm sorry we have uh, Thend, uh Dewey Newton who's going to be our ginger where originally it was Julia Salawala. and I know that we did a, a discussion about this years ago on Aaron and Patricia when we first heard about the chicken run sequel that most of the original cast were not going to be in it and they mostly pointed out that Julia was too old to play as ginger and we talked about it and we made a lot of debate about like ageism and hollywood and all that kind of stuff so go listen to that podcast from way 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 back and also day, if so. you
0: recall where there actually is i think she actually did um put her like uh, you know her, her you know examples of her, her ginger you know were voice lines uh, also online as well so that like, she can still do the character so, exactly, yeah. she
1: did do a video on that after when she heard the news that she was going to be recast, and it, like we said in the the discussion, it doesn't sound any different. So we have no idea why they decided to make that decision. So yeah, we just were really upset that that had to come to this. I mean, I anyway. could only
0: I could only put it down to uh, I mean, again, this is entirely speculative at this moment, but I could probably imagine maybe it's down to money. I don't know.
1: Maybe uh, it is. I mean, especially since this is not a theatrically released movie. This is a Netflix exclusive. So maybe it does have something to do with money. Yeah. Maybe, I I, I was thinking, maybe
0: like her replacement probably like is, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe on on a lesser pay maybe than than the the other one was. I I don't know. Like, again, like this is all speculation about like, just the fact that you can still play the character. So it, yeah, it does boggle the mind. Like, uh, I, I can only put it down to like either, you know, it's either money or politics or it's like, it's just something going on backstage or it's something. I mean, mean, from what we
1: understand when we discussed about it, it was, you know, she was told that she was too old for the character. So maybe that was a major part in the replacement. But to be fair, with the exception of a handful of the characters, most of them were replaced.
0: Yeah. I mean, who's in charge of casting for this movie?
1: that's a great question I mean like literally all we know about this is the casting and that's all we know I mean I'm sure that there'll be some more information down the line but we just got this information as of the recording of this yesterday
0: yeah I remember how much of a uh, you know a stink that actually you know, came up when we was talked about that you know originally and uh, i, I- I'm just thinking, like you know, well, will they even dare to even announce who the casting director was for this movie, like you know, given how mm. much you know, uh, um, you know, how much of a uh, fallout that came out of all of that. So, like, um, you know, I wouldn't be too surprised, like, some of the uh, the backstage roles are kind of like kind of kept a bit quiet, maybe. I don't know. I don't
1: know either. Anyway, so the next person is Zachary Levi as Rocky Rhodes. Now, we know that in the original, he was played by Mel Gibson, and I take it that there's a major reason why they decided to recast him. You mean the fact
0: that he flipped his lid?
1: Yeah, exactly. The fact that he flipped his lid, yeah. So Mel Gibson's been going through a lot of problems over the years, uh, controversial-wise, and also I think that Zachary Levi... I'm sure he's a bigger name nowadays, especially since he's been in the Shazam movies. So I take it that that's probably the reason why they decided to cast him. Maybe. Isn't
0: Mel Gibson also doing like, isn't he like doing the sequel to The Bastion of the Christ as well? Or is that just like... Yes, he is. I mean, like, uh, I mean, Jesus died. I mean, like, uh, and he...
1: uh, He was resurrected. And he also helped, uh, you know, his disciples get ready for 40 days while he was on Earth right before he ascended into heaven. So
0: I'm guessing that's what the second movie
1: is going to be about, I guess. I guess okay. that's the only explanation I can think of. Yeah, I mean, because- it,
0: can't, it can't be the second coming because we're still waiting for that at the moment.
1: We're <laughs> still waiting for the second coming. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, otherwise, we're going to be having like, like one of those. Um... Like, like
0: Mel like, oh, yeah, this is going to be like the second coming. He's like, taking some creative liberties there, are you, Mel?
1: <laughs> yeah, to be clear, in the year 2574, when the world is at ruin, here comes Jesus Christ.
0: And he, and he just looks upon the world and says, What the hell have you all been done while I've been gone? <laughs>
1: I've been gone for 4,000 years and this is what you did to it.
0: 4,000 years too many, I guess I have to say, J-Man. Anyway.
1: Anyway, but I, I have a really strong feeling that maybe he was trying to write off the coattails of The Chosen, which is a really successful series on uh, various uh, streaming sites where it's basically a, a, it's detailing the chronicles of Jesus when he was doing his three-year tenor of um, preaching to all of, uh, over Jerusalem and all the other countries and places. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, hey, you know, we need to be able to... Um, Right on that horse again as soon as uh he, he was um you know done with all of his quote-unquote controversies so yeah I, I i i and let's go over to the other cast because uh you know it, we'll be here all day if we uh, continue on in this uh, yeah. tangent well
0: we're doing that actually i mean like uh, one thing we should probably be commenting on as well is that they actually have released like the posters of like you know what the characters are going to look like so like uh, yes. i mean they're not necessarily like you know they have gone based them on the original designs from the looks of it there's not much uh updates except for the fact that they got new Props to work with. Uh, I mean, it makes
1: a lot of sense because a lot of the stuff from Chicken Run was lost during a major fire that happened around 2004.
0: Yeah, but like so it's, just, it's to... not like they, you know, have like massively overhauled the characters, have they? Like you know, so. Well, like, I mean,
1: not necessarily so. I mean, they, and from what we understand, it doesn't take place that long after they escaped from the Tweety farm. So they probably just like tweak the characters a little bit to make them more crisp and modern, especially since it has been over twenty-three years since the original came out.
0: Exactly. Yeah, which kind of makes it kind of feel weird that it's like, oh, hey, this took place like you know, just like after the movie. You know, like it's kind of like, well, like you know, while. Well, yeah, like does the does the chicken run universe runs like a lot slower than the, like in the real world, I guess. But I uh... mean, to be
1: fair, the, the the lifespan of a chicken I don't think will be that long.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, I mean, it makes you wonder if, uh, I mean, when they first announced it, I thought, oh, hey, th- maybe this is going to take like, a, you know, after like a couple of years after you know everything took place, because that seems to be where everything else is going. Like, King of the Hill is going to be like that, and a few other things are going to be like that. So uh, I'm quite I mean, surprised Animaniacs that took
1: place like 25 years after they were locked in the tower exactly. and they decided to, um, you know, accustomed to what the modern world was. And so did Rocco's Modern Life: Side of Clean in which it took place like over 20 years since they were jettisoned up into. Space, even though that that doesn't make a lot of sense either, because that took place in a further future, and then they came. You know what? I don't care. Even Joe Murray told me that story and continuity doesn't matter, so whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I guess. so there, I mean, there, like, a, so, I think the um, other
0: thing I would say about it is, is that uh, I mean, uh, it's gonna. I hope that they're gonna, you know, put Chicken Run, you know, on quite a lot before you know the movie even releases on that. Actually, on top of that as well, like you know, um, it's gonna be kind of weird because if you want to figure out what happened in the first movie, you're gonna have to get a Disney Plus first because that's where Chicken Run is at the moment and because uh, if as as I was aware Chicken Run's not on Netflix if I'm if I'm huh. mis- not mistaken that's like...
1: actually pretty interesting considering that Chicken Run is a Netflix I mean not, not a Netflix a, D- a DreamWorks f- uh, slash Armin Animation film yeah
0: but if you remember second... they were with Fox at the time and then they got bought out by Disney so, well, um, no.
1: Um, DreamWorks was with Universal.
0: Were they? Like, I'm pretty yes. sure. I mean, because unless I might be mistaken, but uh, Chicken Run was. Uh, oh, by the way, on uh, when you Google it on now, it's actually considering uh, the Chicken Run is now a film series and not just a film. So like uh, oh. they they've they've updated it now, but uh, yeah okay yeah let me just uh, I'm pretty
1: sure because uh, you know I was on Disney it, Plus it was so... never a Fox film Aaron it was DreamWorks with Pathé and I Arm must Man be animation. thinking of something
0: else ignore me sorry like uh, yeah. yeah but anyway yeah, so, so, so Ch- 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 yeah Chicken Ch- Run is that. currently on on Disney Plus at the moment and... well, we
1: don't have it on Disney Plus
0: yeah we ha- we have it on Disney Plus for some strange reason. That is
1: really weird. I stand corrected, actually.
0: It it is actually on Netflix, uh, Chicken Run. So it is that. Okay,
1: okay. Yeah, because we have it on Peacock, which is under NBC Universal, which makes a lot of sense because now they have all the DreamWorks films over there.
0: But do you guys have it on Netflix as well?
1: Uh, ooh, do we have it on Netflix? That is a really good question if we do have it on in, Netflix. Even Maybe. then, like,
0: because then, like, you know, um, if everyone has Peacock but don't have Netflix, they can watch the first movie, but then when if the second movie comes out, they can't watch it because they don't have the subscription. So.
1: Mm. Okay, well, I'm looking at it, and no, we do not have it on Netflix.
0: So it is on Netflix in the, I guess maybe that's what we were thinking, like, you know, oh, everyone's watching it on Netflix on the UK, so, or I'm watching on Disney Plus on subscription, so I guess maybe, you know, like, uh, there is a place in the UK where they can watch both films at the same time. So
1: Yeah, we do not have that luxury, because the only way you're going to be able to watch Chicken Run is if you have a Peacock account. Is there any? Is
0: there any service that allows you to, like, watch Netflix and, you know, Peacock content?
1: I'm guessing no, because they're they're two completely different companies. Oh wow,
0: that's uh, <laughs> that's problematic. I would have to say.
1: Anyway, I, well, let's let's move on because we're, we're we're rambling at this point in time. Okay, so the newest character that's going to be introduced is the daughter of Ginger and Rocky, and that's Molly, and she's going to be played by Bella Ramsey.
0: Yeah, so uh, interesting to see where um, I mean, what type of character Molly is going to be. I'm guessing she's going to be like, uh, I hope they don't make a stereotypical, like you know, she's the rebellious teenager that wants to rebel against her parents and like uh, you know, for some strange reason, like uh, I hope they kind of do. Like they, they they describe her as the chick off the oblong, so i'm guessing maybe maybe not maybe not that but uh who knows so
1: yeah and bella ramsey has been on a winning streak lately i mean she's done game of thrones and now currently she's doing the last of us i mean she's been doing a lot of major roles lately
0: yeah well um this is another one to the list
1: yeah for sure all right and uh, next one we have another new character known as frizzle and she's going to be played by josie sedgwick davies interesting to see what type of
0: character she's going to be
1: yeah I mean it just says the wild card so is that supposed to be like she's the the crazy frantic one kind of like how Miss Frizzle was in the magic school bus where she... she was like all over the place I'm
0: guessing she's gonna be our animal for like you know uh, of the other Muppets I'm guessing maybe mm,
1: yeah because you know she was never in the first movie
0: yeah well no she she'll be a new character because obviously you know yeah, she'll uh...
1: be a brand new character yeah so that uh, yeah I guess that'll be really interesting about where she fits into the movie mm-hmm all right, and now we have our first reoccurring, um, you know, actress from the from the first movie to the second one. It's uh, Jane Horrocks who played as Babs, the wool specialist.
0: Yeah, and so uh, yeah, we we all remember Babs. I mean, you couldn't really do a chicken sh- chicken on sequel without Babs. No, know.
1: you can't. I mean, especially since she was kind of like the ditzy one who always thought that Ginger was off on vacation whenever that she was stuffed into the the coal closet. So yeah, she was uh, always kind of like, you know, knitting and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we, we have to have um, her into it. I mean, she's like one of the major characters. hmm. All right. So the next person we have on the list, even though it is a reoccurring character, it's voiced by somebody completely different. And it's Fowler, who's the old rooster who always talks about his REF days. In the original, he was voiced by, I'm trying to remember what his name was, um... Uh, Oh, yeah. Benjamin Withrow. Yeah. Benjamin Withrow. And now he is voiced by David Bradley. So it makes a lot of sense because Benjamin Withrow has since passed away in 2017. So he couldn't reprise his role again. And uh, yeah, I think that um, uh, David Bradley is actually a really good choice, considering that again, you know, you may know him as Mr. Filch in the Harry Potter movies. You may know him in uh, Game of Thrones. You may know him in The Strain, and he even did uh, Adventure Time: Distant Lands as Old Finn. We'll talk about that. Um, um, and by the bit, way, but... he
0: was, hes actually been in in the Cornetto trilogies. He's been in The World's End, and also been in Hot as well. So uh... that's
1: right. Yes. So yeah, I think I think that he's a great cast for Fowler. Oh yeah, but and, yeah, UK
0: uh, w- audience is definitely gonna recognize him when he's on the screen. Um, Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I I think that... um... Uh, you know, I'm actually curious about what kind of role he's gonna be playing as, because if you remember from the first movie, he always like said that he was um, you know, he was always a pilot in his REF days, but in reality he was a mascot and he was the one responsible for flying everybody over to the bird sanctuary. And so he was like uh from what we saw in the um, Well, the I think if you were
0: this is what was clever about Fowler, like you know, he never really like he said in mean, my RIF days, like you know, he referred to like you know the days that they were there and like he would tell his stories and that, but he never like specifically said that. That he was a pilot like you know he said he that was is like true you
1: know, yes he did he never said that he was just acting disciplinary but he never was like anything other than just being a mascot for a bunch of planes for but you can probably imagine of-
0: like in his in his day like you know if he was part of the mascots he was probably the head mascot you probably imagine so like uh, that's that's exactly. probably what he, he
1: was he was the head mascot yes yeah
0: so like uh, he would have like you know he still would have been ordering people around you know like uh, even though he probably had no authority at the time but you know pretty like, much uh, yeah,
1: yeah. All right, and going over to our next cast. Uh we have uh going back into another reoccurring character. We have Bunty and uh once again she's going to be played by Imelda Staunton. So she's going to be a reoccurring um person for another of these roles. And yeah, but, Bunty but, but, but was Imelda also Staunton another also
0: played, played Bunty in the original movie, did she?
1: Right. Yes, she did. she
0: did. Yeah, so I mean they can bring her back, but not not the another ways I just for Ginger. All
1: right. don't 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 talk to me about that
0: <laughs> I, I, i'm not maybe
1: imelda Stoughton is a much more notable name compared to julius uh, no i
0: know you're no? I mean, like as far as i'm aware like i mean again it it doesn't follow logic but whatever you know like, yeah
1: whatever uh... i i don't even know myself well anyway
0: well lynn ferguson's coming back to play uh you know mac in in this
1: that's right so... lynn ferguson is coming back as mac yes yeah so yeah, again, this is another person who is coming back to reprise their role, and not the main person who played as the main character. But you know what? Whatever. It, it just Anyways,
0: bothers me. I, I don't know why. Like, I really, I really, I really, I really want to know now. Like, you know, like uh, when this movie comes out, I really hope there's going to be some, like, you know, post discussion about this at some point by by somebody who's like behind the scenes. I really. I don't.
1: doubt it, but you never know. Well. Anyway, let's go over to our last major cast. So we have Nick and Fetcher, the rats, the one who was always going after their eggs. But instead of being played by Timothy Spall and Phil Daniels, this time they're going to be played by, and I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher this name again. I'm sorry. Ramesh Ranganathan and Daniel Mays. So they're going to be the ones playing as Nick and Fetcher.
0: Yeah, so you uh, played Nathan Detroit in uh, Guys and Dolls. And uh, he's also, yeah. been, he also been in also been by murders as well, and then uh, also been in uh, in BBC One. So like he, he's recognisable. I, I tell you what, the casting is very UK centric. I have to say. So, and it makes a
1: lot of sense because Chicken Run was a very UK centric film, especially for its time. Yeah, it didn't have imagined. You would have
0: imagine that, uh, you know, they would have like thrown in some, you know, something that would have like you would imagine they were like thrown in like, something in the international audience or put in like a character, like, you know, because uh, I could probably imagine I mean, I don't know, like uh, will this get a Chinese viewing? I've no idea. If maybe they want the money, I'm not too sure. But uh, you would have thought they would have internationalized it a little bit more and like, you know, brought in a more, a more diverse cast. I would have thought. I mean but, that's a uh...
1: question. Has Aardman really gone further than the UK uh, to cast their characters. Well, yeah, keep in
0: mind, like, you know, this is Netflix, so you probably imagine they would have, like, uh, you know, wanted to put, you know, their input into it, but uh, I guess they're happy to just let Armin kind of, like, you know, run the show, so I'm guessing they're all right with that, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, to
1: be fair, I mean, if Armin is taking in charge of it, I guess at the end of the day, they are going to utilize a lot of European influences into their products.
0: Yeah, okay, so...
1: Yeah, other than Zachary Levi, everybody else is British. Anyway, so yeah, unfortunately, there's not really a lot of information other than that in terms of um, the... The um, you know, other characters. I mean, those are the main ones. I mean, we don't even know if Mr. and Mrs. Tweedy is going to be coming back to playing as these char- uh, to be coming back into this story, well, but the story. Syno- what's
0: what's the syno- Have we got a synopsis? Yeah, about we do. Can- we
1: do have a synopsis. Yes, we do. Yeah.
0: So what's the okay, synopsis? it says
1: it says it right here. After successfully escaping from Tweedy's farm in a daring and risky matter, Ginger has discovered her ideal place, an idyllic island retreat where the entire flock can live in harmony without any risks from humans. With the the arrival of a new member, Molly, hatched by Ginger and Rocky, it appears that Ginger's fairy tale ending has finally come true. However, the chicken population is confronted with a menacing, a new danger on the mainland. Determined to safeguard their freedom, even if it means endangering it, Ginger and her team are determined to break in.
0: So it's basically saying a new threat, effectively. So uh, I highly doubt it's Mrs. Tweedy.
1: Yeah, I don't think that they'll be coming back for this one.
0: No, so I think, uh, I, I think it definitely is going to be, you know, someone new is going to come in, and interesting to see who they announce in regards to, like, you know, because, like, uh, um, who's going to be, uh, you know, who's going to be a British dastardly villain? That, so they could basically mm. announce into chicken run, do you think? I mean,
1: if they're in a bird sanctuary, so I take it that maybe other birds who live in the area and are being threatened by these chickens who just came in all of a sudden?
0: Hmm.
1: Tell you what, maybe this, I don't might, know.
0: Maybe this might be a, a good time for a top ten, maybe so uh <laughs> okay. okay then so um <laughs> do to to on this yeah so um i'm actually looking for uh um let's go with um well buzzfeed's gonna be closing down soon so i'll go with them um hot court um no okay. idea what that's about but uh <laughs> um they've got uh things that that britain does better than than america that's the top five best british baddies that we're gonna have, so uh,
1: okay. Um, let's this go- is
0: interesting. Let's go through them all and uh, let's see what we think. So, uh, um, by the way, this is not like a ranked list. This is just like th- five suggestions from Hardcore.com. So uh, I've not sure. seen this list, and neither has been either neither- treasure. So we're going to go through it. So, um, th- okay, number one on this list is Malcolm McDowell
1: okay well malcolm mcdowell will have to play as someone maybe he's going to be in the movie but as of what we don't know yet but if if literally malcolm mcdowell is going to be our main villain in this is going to be hilarious yeah i mean it's like, just well, like it, it, i mean
0: if he's going to be hilarious it would fit wouldn't you think Yeah, it uh...
1: would fit, but it's just like, oh, you know, who's going to be our main villain? Is it going to be just some random guy? No, it's Malcolm McDowell, specifically.
0: Uh, Well, no, I was thinking like, I'm not going to say like, you know, actors who could play play the villain, effectively. And so, oh, okay, well,
1: so, yeah, I, I, I can definitely, okay, yeah, if that's the case, then yeah, Malcolm McDowell can definitely play the villain, just just as long as he doesn't do the same, you know, over-the-topness that he did with Home Alone 4. Uh,
0: well, yeah, I mean, like, well, he, keep in mind, he did A Clockwork Orange, you know, he's been in Star Trek Generations, and he's been in, uh, you know, uh, Halloween as well, so, like, you know, he has yeah, done.
1: I guess they would make up for it, yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess, so, like, uh, so, usually if he, like, does his Alex Persona, we'd be like, you know, how would, they, how would they tone that down for the kids? Oh, A geez. Clockwork Orange. Like you know, like oh uh,
1: man, that that would be scary. Just yeah. seeing a whole bunch of chickens being strapped into a chair with their <laughs> yeah, eyes dilated.
0: Yeah, like uh, yeah, that, that destroyed his eyesight. By the way, that scene. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, number two in this list is Alan Rickman.
1: Um, I he played the sheriff.
0: He, he, he played the sheriff of Nottingham in uh, the *Holy Robin Hood: The Prince of Thieves*. So. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Okay then. I mean, like but, a-
1: uh, here's the thing. I mean, Alan Rickman. I don't think they can do that anymore
0: um what do you mean he's dead oh is he oh yeah he died in 2016 i keep forgetting that yeah sorry about that yeah sorry <laughs> okay. so yeah
1: alan uh, this must be a really old list if they just if if alan rickman is on their list
0: okay then uh, i mean this is a british baddies so i don't know if like uh, they're all still alive or not and uh yeah okay.
1: so no we cannot do alan rickman it would be nice if he was still alive yeah but
0: no. okay number three in this list is gary oldman
1: Oh, Gary Oldman would be really good.
0: Yeah, like uh, so. Uh, he's a uh, uh, frequent Eurocult who terrorizes Natalie Portman in uh, *Leon: The Professional*. Uh, one's ludicrous and terrifying, and sweaty, over-the-top psychopath who uh, dominates every scene he is in. Just as ludicrous as he is, uh, I mean, you know, uh, l- uh, you know, ludicrous and terrifying. I mean, like uh, that. Was, I mean, that was Mrs. Tweedy pretty much in regards to uh, you know the way that she was. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, I think I think Gary Oldman could work in a *Chicken Run* sequel.
1: I think so too. Yeah.
0: Okay then um number four on this list is uh, ralph uh, finesse
1: oh ray fines okay oh, ray fines is like the most obvious baddie ever it's like oh we need to have a bad guy who are we gonna have oh ray fines perfect 10 out of 10
0: yeah i mean uh... i mean
1: everybody knows him for voldemort everybody knows him as amn goeth and schindler's list uh ramesses from prince of egypt so yeah he he definitely plays like the de facto bad guy
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, then we could, that could actually work. And number five in this list, unfortunately, he's no longer alive anymore, Christopher Lee.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, man, Christopher Lee would have been so good in this if he was still alive, but oh. yeah. Yeah, Christopher, uh, unfortunately... Lee
0: is a, Christopher Lee is like, you know, what you think of bad guy, effectively.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he was Dracula, for crying out loud.
0: He was also Count Dooku, like, you know. It's, uh, yeah, it's you- Count
1: Dooku, Dracula, Sauron. So, yeah, he plays a lot of iconic bad guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but, but unfortunately, again, he's not alive anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, who would, who off the top of your head do you think would be, like, a wild card? Like, someone who's, like, you know, currently in our... Uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, who's the guy who played Emperor Bellows? Uh, I'm trying to remember.
1: Oh, 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 um, what's his name? Um uh oh uh I I know it's an uh like a really well-known British actor but i I let me see if I can remember you know what, I'm actually, um, good, I'm actually good it right Reese, now. that's his name Matthew Reese
0: yeah so uh, I mean like uh he could uh potentially you know uh not be if he, if he goes up to that so
1: ooh Matthew Reese would be really good if uh, you know he kind of like almost like bellows yeah and, and he's he's British he's yeah. from um he's from wales so yeah i think that'd be great
0: cool okay then so uh well whoever our villain's gonna be uh, i mean like i mean we don't, we don't have any female villains in this actually looking well, at I mean, it
1: we so. had a female villain in the first movie so maybe they decided to like maybe maybe they'll mix it up who knows
0: yeah we'll see anyway that's all we yeah. know about a uh, chicken little so, sorry chicken little uh chicken runs so far <laughs> chicken
1: Go- little to electric boogaloo <laughs> oh
0: good grief could you imagine like, no, uh, yeah. no, no, no,
1: Disney! If you're listening to this, please ignore me. I'm an idiot.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like we don't see that again. So. Oh,
1: you you know what? Uh, we have seen Matthew Reese before. Remember when we when we went to the theater and we saw the "A uh, Beautiful Day in the ma- in the Neighborhood" uh, when we saw um, Tom Hanks as Mister Rogers.
0: Yeah, I remember that.
1: Yeah, he was the journalist.
0: Yeah, Lloyd Lloyd Vogel.
1: Yeah, that's him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um. Uh, Yeah, I think that um, as far as we know for the sequel of Chicken Run, the only thing that we know in addition to that is that the people who wrote the first movie are going to write the sequel and it'll be coming out in December 2023. Cool. All right, so that's what we got for now.
0: Okay, uh, moving on. So um, we've been looking at the trailers for... Let's look at the uh, Disney trailer first for uh, their movie, which is going to be Wish. So um, yeah, um, so Patricia, I'll let take the lead on this. So what do you think of uh, the trailer that we saw oh, for yeah. this
1: one? Looks really, really promising. So we've knew from the very beginning when we first heard about the concept of hey, do you know about the classic wish that you see in a lot of Disney films with Pinocchio and with um, you know various other movies? You know the wish upon a star that has become pretty much one of the iconic iconographies of Disney. Well, here's the story about the the star of all the Disney movies that you've seen. Here's the origins of it. And so we were like really curious about it. Even we saw the concept art of what the new protagonist was going to look like. And she was a princess named Asha. And from what we were told that she was going to be like the first um what was it going to be like the first uh, african uh, hispanic princess or something like that and a lot of people were really excited because we got with encanto like some representation of the hispanic culture and a lot of people were like really hoping to see more of that and i guess we will even though that some people even argue that sophia the first and elena of avalor was able to give us disney princesses but those were tv shows and they were not like theatrical movies but i digress anyway so, Wish, the the trailer of it for, uh, finally came out, and it looks really interesting in which we have, there was like, um you know, we have this print, this king coming along, and who's able to say, you know, do you want to be able to have all of your dreams car- uh, come true? And he said, I can make it happen. But he says it in a really sinister way, but all of the people are like cheering for him. And then we have the princess coming along along uh, with her goat companion, and the, the star starts coming down from the sky, and it looks like a lunar. Loon- from Super Mario Galaxy, and it starts sprinkling its magic dust on it, and then the goat starts speaking. Yeah, and it's voiced by Alan Tudyk, which, by the way, you know, I've been noticing that Alan Tudyk has been in a lot of Disney films over the past decade. He was King Candy in Wreck-It Ralph, and he was the, you know, he's done in a a lot of, like, interstitial voices for Zootopia and Moana and various other things. So I just think that that's really funny that he's just been kind of like the... um, uh, you know the John Ratzenberger of Disney films over the past decade. I just think that's actually pretty funny. Yeah, well, Anyways. I think I mean he's
0: a reliable he's a reliable voice, effectively, and he's also super talented as well. So it's no surprise that Disney keeps him around
1: that's true yeah anyway so let me just read off the other people who are going to be in this movie so we have uh, Ariana DeBose who is going to be uh, Asha and Chris Pine is going to be King Magnifico and uh, I'm just going to read off what the plot synopsis is Wish asks the question how did the wishing star in so many Disney characters wished on came to be set in the magical kingdom of Rosas the story introduces Asha an optimist with a sharp wit who deeply cares about her community when Asha turns to the sky in a moment of need and makes a wish her plea is answered by a cosmic force a little ball of boundless energy called star together they face the most formidable of foes to save her community and prove that with the will of one courageous human connects with the magic of the stars that wondrous things can happen cool yeah so so this is actually a pretty important movie for multiple reasons. First of all this is coming out during Disney's 100 year celebration and I know that technically the opening of that started with Strange World but I think that Disney is starting to sweep that under the rug pretty quickly anyway so in addition to that this is the first 2D slash 3D hybrid animated film that they've ever done they haven't done a 2D animated film since Sweeney the Pooh and that was over a decade ago so noticing of the styles that so we've seen in recent years with Spider-Verse and the bad guys and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, now Disney is taking a stab at this and it looks completely different than what we've seen up until this point.
0: I think the the, the thing with this is that, I uh, think that worries me a little bit about Wish is that uh, this is about the star that everybody wishes on. So this, I mean, it's, it's a very central thing. I mean, in a way, I kind of wish that they weren't kind of doing a movie on it. And here's my reason why, is because like, you know, the, the, the star in itself it's supposed to be kind of like, you know, this unknown magical force that, like, performs all these miracles and stuff. And uh, I think, you know, it's probably an entity within the Disney universe that's probably best left not all well that explained, maybe. And, uh, I mean, I'll simply say this. If, if I ex- had to explain what's the, you know, the magic star was, like, uh, I mean, uh, I had my own ideas about what it should be. And so, I mean, my idea would basically be, like, you know, Star is basically not just, like, one, like, entity. It's, like, say, for example, like, he's, like, he's an entire, like, you know, you know, but, you know, species of, you know, people that, you know, look after, like, all the worlds within the within the Disney universe. So, like, you know, they look after, like, you know, the Frozen universe and, like, you know, the the Encanto universe and, you know, Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and things like that. Like, they look after, like, the Disney world and they maintain it. And so, like, he's, like, a whole, like, you know, um, group of people, like, you know, like, pull lumpers or anything like that. Like, they're kind of, like, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, people are, like, protected from, like, you know, it going wrong. And, like, you know, they keep the balance and everything like that. And then then something, like, happens with, like, one of the main characters in where the balance, like, gets, you know, you know uh, kind of messed up. And they have to do something to correct it before everyone notices it. And stuff like that, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I would have done it differently, but you know, this is uh, this is Disney. They can do whatever they want with their properties. So, like, uh, this yeah, is I, that. I, but, much uh, much. I mean, I mean, like, uh, it's gonna be. But I think there's a lot of stakes in this because, like, uh, I really hope that uh, they're not gonna make the star, like, uh, you know, seem like you know boring or like you know they make it seem like uh, you know um, something that's not all that interesting when you really think about it. So, like, this should be like a really exciting, and very important movie within the within the uh, the Disney, uh, you know, saga, if you will. So, like, uh, yeah. So, I think mean, uh, there's there's a lot running on this. I think in you know, in regards to the like, from a story perspective, I would say, like, if you don't care, then you know, obviously, you, can, you know, you don't care, and it's just going to be another Disney movie. But uh, I don't know. I get the feeling this is going to be a very important movie. I think you know, at least at least for myself, anyway.
1: It is a really crucial movie for multiple reasons. As mentioned before, this is the star that has appeared on multiple Disney movies. It's their icon. It shows up in every title sequence. It's like, you know, there and even in the theme parks and, and a lot of like promotional art. I mean, it's everywhere. They always make a joke about it. Wish Upon a Star is like one of the most iconic Disney songs of all time. And it's, you know, it's basically their theme song. It opens up with every single Disney movie. Movie, and but, but if, if you that... notice,
0: in throughout uh, the entire, like you know, all the way back to like when they were first making movies, like you know when Pin- when uh, you know Geppetto, you know wished on the on the star to bring Pinocchio to life, and you know even in the Renaissance era, if you remember that, uh, you know um, Hercules, you know, where uh, they they thanked their lucky star that he was able to stay alive. Uh, effectively after you know drinking the drinking the uh the for- not drinking the last drop of the formula and uh, you know uh, and uh, also you know being able to be raised up on the farm you know with his adopted parents effectively so like uh, you know uh, so the, the star you know whatever movie that you can think of and even in certain certain pixar movies as well like you know it's been there for like you know our our, our, our protagonists in all sorts of ways uh, effectively so yes you know, it's it's an important character, and he like he like he transcends not just this movie, but you know across like eras and across you know the Disney, you know um, movies themselves, and even into the shows in some in some places, you know. So
1: Pretty much. And also, as mentioned before, this is Disney's 100th anniversary. So when you think of that, you think, OK, they're going to go all out. And they have been in recent years um, in terms of like, you know, trying to uh, increase the theme parks and trying to add some more variety into the television lineups and trying to see if they can be able to have more varied protagonists and locations in their movies. So, yeah, the fact that this is their 100th year and they're making a big deal out of this, They're going to be celebrating this throughout the uh, the remaining year with all you know the celebration in their theme parks and um, the opening sequences and the movies that they're going to be coming out within this year. So yeah, they're they're hoping that this movie is a success because well, Strange World uh, you know was not, and also the animation. Is different. We know about the fact that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse popularized the 2D, 3D hybrid look. Disney Disney's going to take a shot at it. And people have been demanding that Disney release more 2D films because they've been missing it. So, yeah, this is also a major risk. And also, I mean, we haven't had a princess movie in several years, not since uh, Ryan the Last Dragon. And that was almost three years ago. So, yeah, I think that all of that stuff is pretty risky you know, more, in more ways than one, so I hope that Wish knocks it out of the park.
0: I think it may do. So
1: Hopefully uh, more so than Strange World.
0: Well, I mean, you know, you and I have been through Strange World and, uh, you know, through On Search of the Crystal Skull, so, like, you know, we we knew what, what was going to happen in that regard.
1: Yes, I understand, and also we did discuss about this last week, where we talked about that both *Strange World* and *A Light were some of the lowest-grossing films of that respected year. So, yeah, they, they really need to be able to hit it home run with *Wish*, otherwise things are going to be looking rough for Disney.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I mean, I, I'm guessing maybe um, *Wish*. Just thinking about it, maybe *Wish* might be actually be quite quite a safe movie. Maybe maybe they might go down the Illumination
1: route with this one, probably. Okay. I don't know I mean, we'll, we'll just have to find out some more information once, once we learn about it don't get it.
0: me wrong I, I'm not suggesting that you know uh, I, I just gonna like you know burst through a door and like no no sleeping Brooklyn is gonna be playing or anything like that you know
1: like, uh, <laughs> I I, 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 I'm not
0: suggesting that at all could agree if they go down that route but uh, no I think uh, I'm hoping that this is gonna be um, you know have a lot of heart it's gonna you know uh, take you know the not, not like you know plagiarize but kind of like take the elements that uh, really make a Disney princess movie what it is and and uh, it works with that pretty well, and then it also adds like you know a new element to that, or like a, a new a new layer to that, and it's something that like, will make it stand out from like all the other Disney princess movies that have come co- come by, or like uh, you know ca- at least catch the essence of like what makes them important. I would say because mm-hmm. uh, if it fails to do that, then obviously you know with Disney that's going to be like the third the, the third you know f- you know the third bad bomb on the bounce, effectively. Mm. So, pretty okay, much, yeah. yeah so. Uh...
1: And they literally cannot afford that, especially since we've been hearing the news about the stuff that they're doing with the parks. And also, uh, I know that we're not talking about this in uh, this installment, but there's been a lot of layouts recently with uh, Disney Television Animation. a lot of, yeah, layoffs. Yeah, there's been <laughs> you a said lot of layouts. layoffs. <laughs> layoffs. Okay. Yeah, l- there's been a lot of layoffs in the Disney Television Animation. So, yeah, things are definitely uh, not looking good.
0: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, Disney's doing some restructuring, I think, in that regard. I mean, to be honest, I mean, some of the, um, um, I mean, not saying that anyone losing their job, obviously, is pretty terrible. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, but I think it seems to be more like restructuring layoffs from the looks of it, at least from from the start off anyway. I mean, mind you, I'm pretty sure we say that now, and then all of a sudden we'll hear that, you know, some of our, like, beloved animators are going to be signed to, like, you know, having to pack their boxes which, you know, obviously we don't yeah. want to see because obviously that For would sure. be... Here's the thing, if they if they start getting rid of, like, the talented people out of the business and, uh, I mean, uh, obviously the ones that haven't chased away yet, I mean, that's them giving up, effectively. Like, you know, I, I really hope they aren't going to do that and they're going to stick around I hope and say, so. yeah, like, I hope uh, uh, because obviously if they do, if they start, like, um, you know, really start to mess around with, like, you know, the, the mechanics of what makes Disney, you know, a, a, a good and profitable company, then they're in trouble, <laughs> effectively. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and it takes a lot for, like, you know, a new person to kind of, like, come in and, like, uh, you know, without, you know, these uh, people to kind of, like, hold the hand to, like, you know, create something really special, uh, effectively. So it's like, it's not a situation where someone, like, you know, you and I know who, are, like, you know, really talented, like, say, for example, like, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? He does Fox in space like uh
1: um matthew
0: Matthew gadford like you know we know he's really talented at what he does but imagine if like you know he says oh hey i've just been invited to go to you know do a cartoon for disney he walks in and he's virtually got no one to kind of like you know lean on as like you know uh someone who like needs to capture like the disney essence or like the disney magic or anything like that and disney expects him to like you know somehow pull like you know the the next owl house out of the hat you know what i'm saying Mm. Like gotcha. you know, that's a that, that's a nightmare scenario. Effectively, as far as far as I would go, but, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so enough with wish. Let's go over to our next trailer that we saw recently, and that was uh, Disney Channel's newest show. Haley's on it.
0: Yeah, so uh, this is about a show uh, about Haley, who um, seems to not want to take on uh, very many adve- you know, uh, adventurous things that would basically make up an episode <laughs> of, like of a cartoon show, <laughs> effectively. So, uh, but uh, that all changes when um, she uh, seems to be attacked by a robot who wants to like burn her, like you know, her basically her bucket list book, uh, effectively like all the things that she wants to do. And uh, but then that's saved by someone coming in from the future, I guess. And uh, we don't, I mean, we, we, apparently this character is known as Beta. I mean, like, I don't know what the pronouns of the character are, so I'm not going to, like, go there. But, uh, so, Beta effectively saves the book and says, you know, you need to do all of these things in order to save the world. Which uh, is a lot of pressure to put on, like, you know, a, you know a 14-year-old. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is Disney. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm guessing that uh, we're going to go through her book and go through, all, like, all these uh, episodic adventures with uh, with Haley. Yeah.
1: So let me just read off what the plot synopsis is. The series follows Haley Banks, a risk-adverse but resourceful teenager, on a mission to complete every item on her long list of challenging and sometimes impractical tasks in order to save the world. Haley will be pushed outside her comfort zone to discover the greatness within as she systematically conquers her fears, whether it's winning a sand-building competition, wrestling a honey badger, eating a raw onion, or facing her ever-growing and complicated feelings towards her best friend Scott, so that's what we know. Well, Haley's so already far. failed
0: because Helga and Hel- Arnold and Helga win all those Sandcastle compositions So, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, that's it. we Spike Monster and Craig Baller, by the way, on Instagram.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the show is created by uh, Devin Bungee and Nick stanton and the person who's going to be voicing as Haley is Auli cravalho who's the voice of Moana. Cool. Yeah. So so far, uh, thirty episodes have been ordered. Uh, no announcement of a season two yet. I'm sure that they'll probably. Well, come I mean, out given that they've
0: like- a- they've asked thirty episodes, I mean, like uh, they could divide that into two seasons, effectively
1: they so. could yes especially since here in america uh, seasons are either divided into 13 or 26 so yeah that's easily a, like you know a full season two seasons there no problem
0: yeah so uh, i guess uh, maybe maybe for like uh, uh, one thing i'm hoping this is some people actually uh, i i want to be very cautious about this because have you noticed the chatter that's currently going on on youtube at the moment i don't know if you noticed uh, no it's i have not they they they're building this up to be the next owl house Oh, really? Yeah, which is like, uh, guys, let's chill. Because, like, uh, you know, um, we don't know what's going to come out of this show, uh, effectively. We've seen a trailer, and it looks very promising. I will give you that. But, I mean, here's the thing about this. Like, a lot of people were kind of, like, hitching this over to The Ghost of Molly McGee. And while it has had, like, you know, an impression, I think, uh, with uh, certain Disney fans, I don't think it's had, like, the same impression as, say, Gravity Falls, Amphibia, or The Owl House. I, I mean, we argue. can't compare
1: those two because they're completely different. Exactly.
0: Yeah, but I mean, this is the no. The, the point I'm making is is that that's the that's the mantle that they were basically holding over to Molly McGee, which I think you know you and I would agree was unfair. I'm not saying it isn't absolutely yeah it is unfair but unfortunately it's happening again and this is you know once again like uh, a lot of people who you know are still pretty angry at the fact that the owl house is now you know moved on and uh, that dana won't be coming back for for the you know for a good good long period of time until she decides like she wants to complete some other projects that she's also passionate about but i mean you can tell that you know the fact that they're going on the narrative this might be the next owl house is not a great place to start this show i mean in needs to like you know, breathe on its own effectively and not you know be you know uh, uh you know a continuation of something that was there that's no longer there if you know if you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i mean so like uh, yeah like uh, let's let's judge this on this 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 show on its own merits and not kind of compare it to like other shows i agree with you it's unfair but i mean unfortunately that's where that's how desperate the fans are at the moment like they're doing this you know so like, uh,
1: I'm I'm afraid that other than maybe a handful of people from the Owl House who are going to be working on Haley's on it, including Rebecca Rose, you can't really compare the two shows.
0: Exactly, but unfortunately, they're doing it, you know. Hmm. And so, I mean, like, uh, you know, you and I can say until we're blue in the face that you know it's unfair to compare these shows. But unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, that's what they're going to do. So like, uh, I mean, so. Um, Haley's, you know, has got a got, got a big, you know, um, got big shoes to fill. Effectively, you know, uh, in that, and that's what I've been saying like you know, this entire time. Like, you know, uh, of all the other cartoon shows that are currently up on there, you know, nothing right now is coming is generating the type of buzz that Gravity Falls, Amphibia, and, and The Owl House are generating have generated in the mm-hmm. past. And so uh, this is what people are going to be hoping that Haley's on it is going to basically be the uh, the show that basically says, you know, something. I'll keep my Disney Plus subscription for another year you know right uh, that, that that's what haley that's what's on haley at the minute, you know regards to all the other stuff but, uh, so, um, yeah, but, I mean, like, uh, so, sorry, are we continuing on the synopsis, or have you... Uh...
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I was gonna, I already read the synopsis, but I was gonna read off uh, the other people who are gonna be involved in this uh, this series, so, I already read about Ali Cravalho, but there's, you also mentioned Gary Anthony Williams, he's going to be Beta the robot, um, there's also Manny Ch- uh, Jazzinko, who's gonna be S- Scott, the best friend, uh, Cooper Andrews, is going to be Kai, Haley's father, Ju- Julie Bowen, who's gonna be uh, Patricia Haley's mother uh josh brenner is ac uh haley's rival um sarah chalk is going to be the professor uh nick dodani is going to be thad who's a classmate of haley uh judy alice is becker who's scott's younger sister amanda layton is christine the snooty popular girl who you may know uh, amanda layton also plays as Polly and amphibia uh, Joy Omaski is going to be Sonny, who's Scott's mom. Nico Santos is going to be Jonathan, who's Haley's classmate. And other people who are confirmed to be as guest uh, stars are Brian Jordan Alvarez, Blake Anderson, Mick Foley, Joe Coy, Jack McBrayer, uh Baby Newworth, Chris Parnell, Tim Robinson, Natasha Rothwell, Braden Michael Smith, Martin Starr, and Weird Al Yankovic. Um,
0: yeah, that sounds like a motley crew of people.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. So, yeah, as far as I know, in terms of a release date, it's said that it's going to be coming out on June 8th. So, yeah, uh, if, whether we were going to be doing, like, an episode recap of this show, we're not sure, because we're still doing Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. So, if you want us to cover this show, please let us know in the comments.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I think, you know, if it's going to be coming out on Disney+, Plus, I mean, um, obviously, as everybody knows, I'm currently going through, like, all of my Disney anime shows that so uh, you know to uh reflect on you know uh the the, the hl that i've had so i mean you know, uh, it, what, what it, show it will be... are you
1: up to right now
0: um i'm still going through uh i mean i'm kind of like you know going through them like you know uh, like you know going you know from show to show so like uh, one day i'll watch an episode of tales but in another day i'll watch, watch an episode of gargoyles and then uh, like uh Dar- darwin ducks finally appeared now on disney plus so i'm gonna be watching that too
1: so, okay yeah yeah sounds great cool Okay, so that is it for the news regarding about the Disney, uh, Disney's Wish, and Haley's on it. Now we're gonna go into some Pixar stuff. So the Annecy Film Festival just recently happened, and one of the things that they showcased was Pixar's first exclusive series that is not involving with any of their properties. It's Win or Lose. So yeah, what are your thoughts on this one?
0: Um, I mean, uh, I'm watching, uh, so this is going to be a, a bait, like a softball team, but the way that it's going to be uh, done is that it's going to be done by, like, like, uh, so it's going it's, it's to be like Groundhog Day, like, you know, it's not like, you know, the same day going over and over again, but it's going to be told by different people's perspectives. Okay, so, yeah, so so it's, it's, like, g- it's
1: kind of like, um, what was it, like that episode the, of The The Simpsons? You know what,
0: I was thinking of that, like, you know, it's, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it starts off with, like, you know, with, um, oh, who, who is it, like, you're knocking, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Dogs are heaven, knocking like uh, you know mailboxes off people's like. uh (laughs) They yeah. go to the golf club and then Flinders uh, <laughs> always starts off with son of a diddly <laughs> and then you go into yeah, gar- so it yeah. It's
1: basically like it's, it's just t- basically taking the perspective of everybody's experiences going through the same week that a major championship softball game is going to be happening so according to what it says here according to the official plot synopsis so it follows the Pickles a co-ed middle school softball team in the week leading up to the championship game each episode takes place that same week highlighting the perspective of a different main character players their parents the umpire each reflected in a unique visual style So, yeah, um, as far as I know, in terms of the cast, uh, Will Forte is going to be in it, and he's going to be Coach Dan, the coach of the softball team known as the Pickles. Other characters include Frank the umpire, who struggles due to his parents yelling at him for foul calls, Rachel the catcher who is having a bad day when everything goes wrong, and a selfish pitcher who cares about himself until his episode will reveal that the reason why is because he's falling in love with the girl. So, um, in addition to that, the show will be created by by Kerry Hobson and Michael Yates and it'll be drawing inspiration from those two people who had very different reactions to when they were working on Toy Story 4 so this will be coming out in late 2023 and it'll be a Disney Plus exclusive
0: well let's say one of them uh, doesn't end up turning into a uh, super villain with a bowl hat
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, I hope not. Yeah. That Wait, how often do I get? How
0: think. often do I get to make a Meet the Robinsons reference as well? I like, good grief.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good job. You, you you made a reference to one of the most obscure of the Disney movies from the two thousands.
0: Yeah. So like uh, that, Yeah.
1: Now. Nah, uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I didn't know what else to add to that. Really. Like, yeah, it definitely was obscure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Anyway, but, yeah, um, as for, like, any of the other cast, we the only one we know is Will Forte. So, unfortunately, um, we don't know who's going to be the voice of Rachel or Frank or the pitcher. So, that's still unknown at the moment knowing and... pixar
0: it'll either be like in-house staff or you know it'll be surprise people so uh, well we'll yeah, figure I, out i would
1: way. be surprised if maybe like john ratzenberger would be a voice of something or maybe they'll bring in um yeah they'll probably br- bring in a lot of people in-house well, if, you're, if you
0: remember like you know they're not pixar aren't afraid to do this you remember lou Amaro, who like you know was uh, one of the animators over at pixar he ended up being like you know uh, uh linguini from uh, ratatouille
1: Exactly. So. Yeah. So they'll probably do that at some point. Yeah. Oh, by the
0: way, in our know, spoiler section, I'll be making some references to Ratatouille later on in the show. So okay, you do that. Yeah.
1: All right. So yeah. Unfortunately, not a lot of information about win or lose. I mean, the pictures look really nice. I mean, I really like the style that they're going for. It looks akin to Turning Red, where it's like very expressive with the the humans, and also I really like the colors on it. It's very bright and muted when it needs to be um and the expressions are very you know like really pop out so i think that it should be really interesting i mean i'm hoping that'll it be a different take on you know the oh you know here comes a softball team and you know they're the losers but then they go well at the end kind of like bad news bears or something like that so i
0: mean like uh, i think uh, knowing pixar i mean i hope it's going to be more unique than that because uh, i mean when was the last time we saw a tv series uh, you know an entire series where every episode were Flex on, like, the same sort of story, but only but tells it from, like, you know, the different, like, you know, the different sides of the characters. Yeah, uh, yeah. you
1: usually don't get that very often because usually on a TV show it would be focusing on one character and then the you know there would be maybe like one or two episodes that surrounds their friends kind of like in how in Hey Arnold. I mean even though that Arnold is the main character, sometimes we get episodes on Gerald or Phoebe or Helga or even some of the adults, but Arnold is still the main character at the end.
0: Yeah, so I mean like it's gonna be like um, oh there was uh, a movie that was in my head. Oh, it's gonna be like you know in a way uh, Lion King one and a half. Where like it tells like the the uh, the, the story from like you know Timon and Pumbaa's perspective, exactly uh, yeah. So but so you know it's uh it's gonna do it like in uh, you know multiple episodes of like you know the the same event basically different episodes in the same show. So like mm-hmm. uh, this gonna be pretty more inventive. Like you know we've had the episodic format and we've had like you know the story driven format, but so we never really had like you know a uh, oh, here's different perspective of the same story format uh, effectively. Mm-hmm. So
1: right right yeah yeah. So it'll be coming out in late 2023, and this is something we'll uh definitely be talking about uh for a mix so stay tuned
0: yeah by the way like if they keep renewing this episode i think uh, we need to uh, uh get away if, after if we get to like you know season five of like win or lose and like it tell, it's telling it's telling like you know the uh, the guy screaming at the back of the rafters perspective so, oh jeez. Like, yeah so like uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> that'd be really interesting there's a
0: ceiling pixar please stay with it <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alright, so, yeah, let's go over to our next bit of news. So, CinemaCon just happened a few days ago, and there were a lot of really interesting um, movies that were just announced. So, uh, yeah, you you actually brought up um, Kenneth Branagh's new movie, so why don't you cover that first?
0: Yeah, so, um, I mean, I saw it, like, uh, that was in your... uh, I'm pretty sure it was in your for the feed, actually, this... uh, I I
1: I was just tweeting about CinemaCon, because that was happening, and they were just making, like, a lot of announcements about some of the new movies that were coming out. I didn't specifically tweet about, like... Kenneth Brana, I just uh, I just retweeted about CinemaCon, so uh, here's some of the stuff that that came out and you know the announcement of CinemaCon that I really thought was going to be really interesting. Well, to what, cover. before I
0: do that, I think we should give justice to like you know uh, you know haunting in Venice. So Kenneth Kenneth is Hercules uh, Returns uh, for a supernatural uh, Agatha Christie mystery, and this is from comicbookmovie.com, uh, by the way. Yes. So yeah, so um, Thor director Kenneth G- 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 uh, Branagh. Uh, previous Agatha Christie adaptations, Murder on the Orient Express, and uh, Death on the Nile were mystery thrillers of, n- of no supernatural elements, uh, but the acclaimed filmmakers, uh, next uh, uh, Hercule uh, Barrett Avenger, Haunting in Venice, uh, p- pr- Definitely uh, takes things into a horror territory. Uh, the movie is set in an eerie post-World War II Venice uh, in, on All Hallows' Eve, uh, whereas uh, a terrifying mystery occurs. Uh, is v- v- sorry, terrifying mystery features the return of the celebrated sleuth uh, Hercules. Uh, Peralta uh, unfolds. Now retired and living in uh, self-imposed exile in the world's most glamorous city, uh, Peralta uh, re- reluctantly attends a, uh, a Seance... A, uh and they decaying supposedly under a palazzo and you know, all those budget words you probably imagine i have not had a chance to really like probably look into this because i thought patricia was the one who's, <laughs> who was covering this so i was gonna leave it to her but yeah, uh, well, yeah. Uh,
1: i mean I, I do have a lot of the other stuff that was announced during it but yeah i, I think that um it should be pretty interesting now i'm not much of an uh a, a agatha christie fan i mean i haven't even read like most of her stuff from Hercule Perot. So, I mean, I have seen uh, Murder on the Orient Express, but that's pretty much it. Uh, I'm so not all that I, familiar I with really
0: Krista like, either. So, like, uh, I mean, again, like, uh, you know, just uh, it ended up in there because you tweeted about it, effectively, baby. <laughs> okay, fair enough.
1: <laughs> Anyway, so let me just read off some of the other stuff that was announced during CinemaCon. So, we finally got a more detailed look into the trailer of Wonka. Yeah, the the movie that's going to be coming out later this year, based off of a Roald Dahl book, probably uh, the the adaptation that has garnered the most money, and that was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory from 2005. We discussed about this in the Roald Dahl retrospective, that out of all the movie adaptations, none of it comes remotely close to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory factory where it made over 400 million dollars while all of the other ones have either underperformed or are box office bombs so yeah so timothy chalamet had came in and discussed more in depth about the uh performance that he did for wonka and he also talked about some other stuff such as like who's going to be cast as the oompa loompa and also a detailed look into what happened during wonka's past right before he became the chocolatier that we know of him today um yeah, I think that for a lot of people, they were, like, really skeptical about it. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we talked about this in the Roald Dahl retrospective that Willy Wonka, The Chocolate Factory, is, like, one of the most beloved out of all of the movies that people grew up with when they were kids. And so people were just, like, kind of hesitant even with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory from Tim Burton. But... Even then, a lot of the people who really went into it with no biases came out of it saying that it was pretty good, considering that it was much more closer to the original book than compared to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But again, we already talked about that during our doll ret- retrospective discussion, so we'll not go more in depth with that. So if you're interested, go check it out. So I'm just going to read off what it says right here, according to Team Vogue magazine. So, uh, during the discussion, uh, during of, um, uh, what you call it, uh, during the discussion of CinemaCon, uh, it says it right here that, um, it's slated to be released on December 15th, so we finally got a date, and according to the Warner Brothers website, it says that it will tell the vivid, mythical beginnings of the imaginative young inventor before he became the renowned, scruddly, umptious Mozart of Chocolate, and we already know what uh, Timothy Chalamet's new uniform is of Willy Wonka, uh, of uh, Willy Wonka. We already know that he's going to have the velvet jacket, the silk neck tie and the brown hat. And that's when we were. They were able to see the first official trailer, and so this is what we know of so far from the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, Timothy Chalamet actually swam in melted chocolate and got stomach aches from eating a lot of the candy. Hugh Grant is going to be an Oompa-Loompa. Wonka is haunted by a chocolate cartel, and there'll be chocolate that makes people float. There'll be seven musical numbers in the film, and uh, the the first few looks of Timothy as Willy Wonka drew thousands of different reactions according to what the reactions are. Uh, it says right here that, um, let's see, when Chalamet was first spotted on the uh, for filming the movie, there was a meme that was brought into it. While some have compared his tr- s- s- satirical choices to E.T. and even Gonzo from Muppet Christmas Carol, others consider this Wonka to be a bit of a sex symbol, which... Okay. Next one. The cast is filled with British actors such as Rowan Atkinson, Olivia Coleman, Sally Hawkins, Matt Lucas, Simon Farnaby, Tom Davis, and Jim Carter. And uh, Donald Glover, Ryan Gosling, and Ezra Miller and Tom Holland almost were in the lineup of playing as the chocolatier. So I guess maybe because Donald Glover and uh Tom Holland were pretty busy at the time, maybe they couldn't do it. Ryan Gosling we're going to talk about in a minute when, you know, promoting the Barbie movie. Ezra Miller, I'm <laughs> that would have been really interesting if he would have played him, but again, you know, he I think he's busy doing other stuff. So, yeah, uh, and now there's also some other Uh, information that was revealed in CinemaCon but again until the official trailer comes out we can't really know uh, 100% for sure what it looks like so yeah that is what we're looking at so far in terms of the Wonka movie cool yeah, so that's going to be really interesting. And as we mentioned in the last discussion of this movie, is that it's going to be um, directed by Paul King, who also did the Paddington movies, and those movies were pretty praised because it was like a family-friendly um, take on Paddington that a lot of people felt that really matched the charm of the books. Well, it's not so just it that, mean- like you know,
0: he brought Paddington, you know, a new sense of life. You know, remember he was like, uh, you know, the last time you know we really had like a proper, you know. Uh, uh, time with Paddington was when he was in the stop motion animations. You know, back in the back 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 in, back, like in the seventies, I think, or eighties, or something like that. Like, you know, it was yeah, a long There was time also ago.
1: a nineties animated version as well. There
0: was, yeah. But I mean, that didn't really have like the same impact, I think, as like some of the classic, you know, Paddington stories. But I mean, uh, given that he he did this, you know, the the modern Paddington movie, and not only that, like you know, he's effectively become a meme at this point. Like, you know, for goodness, he was even at the Queen's, you know, where Jubilee at one point. Like, you know, in that, That's in right. that he was know. in the
1: Queen's Jubilee. Yeah. yeah, and um, also you know there was a lot of Paddington dolls everywhere when we were visiting that house over at. The oh, park. Also,
0: have you seen the t- have you seen the Twitter account where like uh, he uh, someone like post- puts like Paddington into like movie scenes? Like, uh, yes. yeah, I've seen. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! I love that's that. That's funny. Oh my bit. Paddington should be an Avenger. I, I swear, you know. Like- <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty yeah. funny if it was.
1: All yeah. right, so Paramount Animation is announced that they're going to be doing a Smurfs movie. Again, <laughs> because we we haven't had enough Smurfs movies at this point. In I just
0: time. What, what, what I mean? Oh, for goodness sake! Like you know, like uh, um, uh, how is it that the creator of the Smurfs is like still getting movie movie? He's still getting like you know movie deals at this point. Like it's just it's just. <laughs>
1: uh, I'm just like you, are you know, talking about. Are you talking about a uh, payo?
0: I mean, like, uh, well, I mean, whoever owns the property at the minute.
1: Well, no. I mean, the, the person who created the Smurfs comics, I mean, he's been dead since the 90s. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but like, I mean... I'm sure yeah, the, but Paramount, the... Paramount owns the rights to the Smurfs, and you know that they're going to milk it for all it's worth.
0: But, but, well, I mean, like, have, any, have these Smurf movies actually been successful? Like,
1: uh... Uh, well, I mean, if they made a lot of money, they're going to keep going for it. <laughs>
0: yeah, but, like, you know, it's just, it's. Uh, I mean, as far as I'm aware, like, uh, I mean, these Smurf movies seem to come and go. Like, have you actually ever heard anybody actually talk, you know, extensively? About this
1: most movies and like, Andre Meadows, A.K.A. the Black Nerd, not really. Well,
0: yeah, and like so. I mean, who? I mean, but, but not not like the, you're not like the you know, the reviewers on like on YouTube. But like, you know, do you, do you ever get the occasional like you know Twitter mention like that isn't like you know something that isn't like you know saying something really bad about it? Like you know, uh, no, no, exactly. Like
1: you know, why are they? Why are we doing this again? You know, I have no idea, but let me just read off uh, the announcement of the Smurfs movie. So Rihanna was the main speaker of this because she's going to be our Smurfette. So Katy Perry was the Smurfette in the live-action movies that came out almost 10 years ago. And she says that uh, she's going to be going more in-depth with the character that has ever been shown on the Smurfs. Which, by the way, I mean... I kind of already got that with the Smurfs too, in which you know Smurfette was created by Gargamel so that she can be able to lure in the Smurfs over. Um, you know, it's, it's actually interesting because Gargamel—I I don't know what the main motivation of him capturing the Smurfs. I mean, it's it always change. It's either he wants their magic or he wants to eat them. So or I or he wants to no turn them into Id- gold. Or yeah. turn them into gold. There's there's that's that also a reason as well. So yeah, I have no idea why in this version that. Um, you know, they decided to give more in depth with the Smurfette story, even though we already had that with the comics. But anyway, she joked about that she was going to audition for Papa Smurf, but it didn't work out. And she said that she was going to be, um, writing and recording original songs for the movie, which, I mean, okay, I guess we're going to be getting more music on the Smurfs, so... That's fine. I mean, say, I, mean, I mean, so
0: for her to, like, you know, uh, put some time on to, like, you know, record original songs, I mean, uh, Rihanna must be a really big fan of the Smurfs, I guess.
1: I so. guess so. I, I never expected her to be a fan of Smurfs. What do you know? Uh,
0: hmm. Well, you know, I-, I was a fan of them back in the day. So, like, you know, a lot of us were. You know, like you remember The,
1: the, the, the Smurf yeah, cartoon was a, a bit, was a bit,
0: I mean, the, the Smurf cartoon on the, at least on the BBC, was on all the time. Uh, yeah, it, yeah,
1: it was on all the time as well on CBS for us in the eighties. Yeah. mind
0: you, like we also got like you know the Smurf Snorks crossover as well, which kind of confused us all because the Snorks weren't really on, you know, uh, British television so like oh uh,
1: really you never got the snorks no
0: we never got the snorks I mean it was on it was on the children's channel but every obscure cartoon show was pretty much on the children's channel at that point but uh, no we actually never got them on uh, we actually never got the snorks I don't think unless you I think maybe they appeared on Cartoon Network I think at one point
1: it did did appear on Cartoon Network but mostly as reruns and it was kind of like you know that crappy leftover thing that you know you just add in there to kind of like buy some time for the other stuff that you wanted to watch yeah you know let's be honest I mean nobody really liked the snorks i mean everybody knew it was a smurfs ripoff. so yeah Yeah. anyway so let's talk about the next bit of news regarding about another movie that was showcased and that is the barbie movie oh boy the barbie movie and it's kind of funny that we see greta gerwig and ron uh and um ryan gosling dressing up as barbie and ken i just thought that that was actually pretty funny but yeah um They were just showing off some more information about the Barbie movie, and they were just... Um, you know, going more in depth about it, like trying to basically just saying that it's kind of like a, you know, kind of like a joke and social commentary on the whole Barbie story that, you know, it was like, we're going to get more in depth with it than we've ever had before, which is going to be really, really interesting. I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, I never expected them to take that direction in a Barbie movie of all things, but I digress. Um, Oprah Winfrey appeared in CinemaCon talking about the, um, the uh, musical that she's producing based off of, the classic book, The Color Purple. Okay,
0: well, um, before we get into that, I mean, I'd have something about the Barbie movie myself. and uh, oh yeah, go for it. it. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off in mid-flow, but, uh, I mean, so, in regards to the Barbie movie, I mean, like, I, I, in a way, I'm intrigued at the fact that this is a movie that's not going to take itself seriously. You know, like, it's like, uh, it's even something that Ryan Reynolds will be comfortable with, uh, effectively. So, yeah,
1: like, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that Ryan Reynolds is not included in this. Did Deadpool the, write know. this? <laughs> like Getting him, I wouldn't be surprised if Deadpool would just say, like, here's Barbie, and it's going to be played by B.R. Sir. <laughs>
0: Like, oh, good grief. but uh,
1: you know, I, I just think
0: that um, with uh, the Barbie movie, I mean, uh, they're gonna do uh, something different with it. Like, this isn't gonna be like those, like those, uh, you know, 3D, you know, to DVD movies that we all know about, you know, basically. Like, it, it looks like there's gonna be some like uh, proper effort put into this. But uh, the, at the same time, they're not gonna like tell like a Barbie story that we're kind of like accustomed to. It sounds to me like they're going to do something way different from that. Which mm. um, you know, I think. Uh,
1: yeah, which I'm actually really curious about, and, and, and in fact, I might even watch it. Um,
0: I might wait until it comes out on streaming, and just okay, then. just out of curiosity and uh, see where where it goes. But uh, you know, when's it due out? Um,
1: uh, I think it's going to be coming out this summer.
0: This sum- when about this summer?
1: Hmm. Uh, let me just double check and find out. Yeah, uh, because uh,
0: for those of you who do not know, uh, you know, uh, Patricia is going to come back to the UK soon. So like Oh uh,
1: yeah, July twenty first. So oh, I'm not gonna be
0: Oh okay, then she isn't gonna be here. Oh well, <laughs>
1: yeah. I get... but... At least we're watching Elemental together.
0: Oh yeah, at least we're doing that. So like uh, that's gonna be an interesting episode of Pix Mix, I have to say. So
1: Yeah. Okay, so other things that were showcased, like I said before, Oprah Winfrey uh, revealed that she was going to be the producer of the Color Purple musical, which is um, considering that she was also in the the movie. That's also really nice. Um, Martin Scorsese and Christopher Nolan talking about their upcoming movies. Uh, Martin Scorsese is going to be doing Killers of the Flower Moon, and Christopher Nolan's going to be doing Oppenheimer. Uh, Will Ferrell came into the, um, the CinemaCon with a dog. He's going to uh, be, you know, promoting his film, Strays. Jack Black came in and promoting Kung Fu Panda 4, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Melissa McCarthy came in where she was promoting the Little Mermaid live action movie. Um, let's see, Zendaya, American Ferreira, and Seth Rogen were promoting Trolls World Tour. Uh,
0: yeah well i mean it's so uh, do they have anything what, what have they got to say about it
1: i mean uh, oh no i'm sorry um and kendrick and justin superlake talked about trolls world tour zendaya american fur and seth rogan talked about ninja turtles and joyride so yeah trolls world tour uh we already know about the trolls three we already talked about this where instead of like focusing on the rock and roll band that we liked in the second movie they're going to be doing boy bands because of course they are um let's see what we got um Uh, Jordana Brewster, Tyrese Gibson, Sung Kao, um, going over discussions about Blue Beetle, the the DC character. Um, Oh, yeah, he's getting his own movie soon. Uh. Yes, he is. He is getting his own movie. Um, We have uh, Gareth Edwards, um, who is going to be doing a movie called The Creator. Uh, Wicked is getting more information, which is great because we haven't heard anything in a while. Um, we have Cynthia Evrio, Ariana Grande, John M. Chu, who's going to be involved in it. Um, the first part is going to be coming out, I believe, either later this year or next year. Um, and then we have another movie from, uh, John Grazinski, as uh, Ryan Reynolds' If um more information about the hunger games the ballad of songbirds and snakes and uh yeah those are some of the major ones that came out during Cinemacon this year cool all right then so let's go over to our next bit of news so as you guys know episode 199 of casual chats was about the owl house season three we had a slew of special guests discussing about our thoughts of the three forty-five 45-minute specials that premiered thanks to them for the future and watching and dreaming so it's been over a week since we did that podcast it's been two to three weeks since the episodes uh, the last episode premiered so let's give off our post thoughts on it
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, uh, the one thing I think we should get off the bat is that, you know, how short, you know, season three ended up being, which, you know, is, uh, I know, a constant complaint that we keep talking about, but, uh, I mean, let's just get this out of the way and, like, yeah, I still agree, you know, and I will be saying this until, you know, uh, until it all ends, is that, you know, this this show should have been five seasons tops and it should have been a movie, you know, like, uh, you know, a special to kind of, like, wrap things up, if maybe, like, you know, um, it it just... uh, in a way like I'm really glad that we ended up getting like something that like you know pretty much was like a Lord of the Rings movie effectively off the Owl House which I thought was pretty cool but uh, at the same time it does have you feeling like you want to watch more and uh, especially when you know well, one, some bits that we didn't actually get to talk about is that uh, they were talking about you know when uh, they got the collector uh, to they brought him over to the, uh, the Grungeby field and uh, they talked about that you know um, uh, Lilith was the team captain and uh, you know Ida was you know part of that team as well and uh, then uh, you know, Lou's made the, made the comment, oh, that's, a, that's a that's a spin-off I would love to watch. And, uh, it's just, it's, yeah, they just, uh, the, there's so much more they could do with the Owl House, and uh, it's just so sad that it comes to the end of it at this point. And, uh, but, uh, in the end of the day, there's not much you know where uh, the crew could have done about it. These were the cards we were dealt, and uh, this is what we ended up with. And so, um, I do agree. Some people like it is still feel they still feel that there's still some answers to solving. Like the back queen, for example, like we never knew, really knew who her original owner was. And uh, I I thinking that they were hinting it was the Titan that was the original, like you know, owner of the uh, of uh, of the back queen. I don't know why, but uh, it kind of makes me feel like we were going in that direction with her at one point.
1: So, yeah, I I mean, there was even some talks of you know maybe a revelation on who the Bat Queen was. Maybe they would have had like more scenes with her, but they just unfortunately had to cut it for time. There were a lot of things that were cut for time that, or maybe just like things that just showed off once and then never again. Like, uh, for example, I mean. Jean luc that they were able to get from the island where King was born. I mean, they just brought him in, and then they never did anything with him ever again. There was also the discussion of well, I think it was implied uh, with
0: John Locke was that uh, he was uh, like supposed to be King's protector that while you know uh, the king obviously you know had, had passed away at that point. and uh, so I think uh, the reason why you know he left him on that island with that with uh, John Locke was obviously be you know uh, King's protector were before you know while he grew up and uh, then he was gonna like you know get the uh, you know the, the the he basically was game was to hold the mantle of like you know being the next uh, rule of the boiling owls I guess. So, that's the reason why. And also, the fact that the uh, the, the Titan trappers were also, you know, were desperate to kind of, like, you know, collect all the uh, the Titans and kill them as well. So, like, you're protecting him from that. So, that's a, I think that was John I think John Locke's story, effectively, was kind of wrapped up at that point. And I don't think there was any... I mean, besides bringing him in for, like, a final battle, I don't think there was really much else he could have really done at that point. I don't think. I mean, I'm
1: sure there could have been, like, maybe a flashback of, like, sending... The, of the Titan maybe sending Jean-Luc to protect King all this time. But then he couldn't go anywhere further because he had to stay within the remote part of the castle.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think well, that story was already told. I thought like uh, I do not think there was besides like giving him like you know a cameo appearance in like the final uh, episode. I don't think there's much more they could have really done with him. I don't. Fair think. enough. Yeah. I mean,
1: also the, the the connection between the Clawthorns and the widowbanes was severely cut. I'm sure. Oh they yeah,
0: like you know, I'm I, a lot of people are now speculating that either is uh, is like you know part part human because of that. And, uh, you know, like, the, the one thing I would say is that, uh, I, again, I still believe in this theory that uh, the witches that live on the Boiling Isles, I do believe they were from Earth, originally, I think. And uh, they, the reason why they uh, ended up getting chased away was because of the witches' trials that were going on in Salem and also you know, in, you know, in England and everything like that. And, like, you know, also, you know, witch hunting still even exists to this day, would you believe? So like you know, in mm-hmm. like in other parts of the world. So like I mean, I mean, it could have been a story where like you know, you know, hundreds of years ago, like you know, humanity just turned its back on witches and wanted to hunt them all down across the planet, and so that's the reason why they all went into like you know the uh, you know those uh, those time ty- those not those time ty- you know the um, you know they found like the holes like the Titan blood was like was creating so that because of the, obviously the uh, the archives had killed all the Titans and obviously their blood had always leaked out and then started like you know creating portals across all the worlds. And so you know the 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 witches that who originally were on the human world basically were drove out to the demon realm and have basically been living on this demon carcass ever since, uh, effectively. Mm. So like yeah. uh, I always believed that was the story, and uh, maybe you know uh, uh, so 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 I'm going give this to Dana and maybe Dana will confirm it. I don't know, but um, you know like I would have liked to see that being explored, and then well, obviously we get to the point of like you know the the relationship between the Banes and obviously the uh, you know the uh, the at that point and the fact that you know uh evelyn and caleb effectively were like you know the great 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 great, great grandparents of like you know all the uh the clawthorn clan effectively that are there now so Mm -hmm.
1: yeah Yeah. and and i'm sure that we've kind of gotten some more episodes focusing on when the hex squad were in the human world and we probably would have gotten some more information about like um, you know, the rulings of Emperor Belos when he was first starting off. We could have gotten some more information about a whole bunch of things. But again, we knew that it was cut for time. And I, and I know that a lot of people were just really disappointed that we couldn't get any further than what we got now. Th- this
0: world is so rich. Like, you know, we could have had chronicle series as well, if you think about it. Like, you know, I would actually like to have seen a chronicle series, like, you know, of all the Golden Gods, of like all the stuff that they were doing, like, how, you know, how they came to like, you know, end up betraying Belos and then ended up getting killed. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, they could they could have done, like, an Animatrix kind of, like, deal with that, I would have thought. Like... Yeah,
1: that would have been really interesting. I mean, there was even a, a suggestion from both Bill and Jim that they could have had, like, shorts to kind of, like, connect each of the parts of the stories that needed more fleshing out, kind of like the owl pellets, for you know, that they did for Season 1. And even with the stuff that they did for Gravity Falls, in which, you know, they would have, like, additional adventures that would, like, maybe four to five minutes long.
0: Yeah. And also, you know, anyway. uh, Mooring Mark also, like, uh, he came up with some really great ideas of, like, you know, for, like, uh, an Owl House movie that basically would have been, like, you know, the, the sequels, you know, movie to, like, uh, called Starlight, which would have, like, you know, focused on, like, you know, the, the, the fight with the archivists and everything. And it would have focused, like, you know, them being the adult characters. So, effectively, it would have been, like, it would have been a better version of all grown up, if you ask me. But uh, that, that I digress. And uh, then they right. came up, Then he also came up with the idea of, like, you know, Cabin 7, where, like, it's, like, V pretending to be lose and, like, going for, like, the whole that whole, you know, uh, time, like, you know, those couple of months when Luz was away and, that like, she had to basically play lose in that entire thing. So uh, they could have done like a series on that, and uh, then uh, oh, what was the other? Oh, obviously he came up with like version versus the Boiling Isles as well. Where, like we told, like you know, from young Eda perspective as well, like in you know, the time when she grew up. Obviously based off like you know the rain episode. So,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm sure that we would have gotten a lot more focus on that where we got to see them as younger kids, uh, just like we saw with uh, them a breaks kid. We probably could have gotten a lot more information about the other coven heads. Like some of them, we didn't even know their names other than the stuff that Rebecca Ro- Rose revealed on Twitter. Like even some of the palacemen like some of the palacemen didn't even have names again until Rebecca Rose revealed what their names were. So, yeah, we I mean, we barely knew anything about like the, the coven heads for the Oracle. Or the coven heads for, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, there, a lot of it was kept pretty vague. I mean, we knew stuff about the other coven heads like Tara and Adrian, Rain, Darius, Eberwolf, but unfortunately, you know, barely information that, you know, That you can just uh, justify that, oh yeah, I, I know a lot about these characters. They should have gotten some more time to develop them.
0: Good grief. You know, Disney had a money printing machine. They had a golden goose and they decided to just smash the machine and kill the goose. Good grief. Like, you know, yeah, they decided
1: a... to kill the golden goose so that they can be able to get the egg that was in there but unfortunately they just ended up killing it in the process.
0: Yeah, that's the fable and, uh, you know, uh, I, th- I think Disney should do that show, <laughs> killing the golden goose like, you know, he's like It's not a fantasy story, it's a biopic <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Killing the Golden Goose, coming soon on Disney Channel. Oh, good grief. (laughs) Anyway, but no, I mean, we already know the reason why that the show was cut, because a Disney executive felt that it didn't fit the brand. So, yeah, I I mean, we already know that the executive, you know, is long gone from Disney. They were fired a few years ago. So, I'm sure that we saw this when the Owl House premiered on YouTube. Yeah, but we have
0: to see. Putting the Owl House aside, like, the shopping area is going to be a lot of with by Disney fans, such disdain isn't it like you know yeah
1: it it is it is yeah
0: like you know it's it's, uh, almost a relief that bob iger came back and even bob iger was even trying the patience of Disney fans when he was leaving as well you
1: know. I mean yeah I mean a lot of people have made the argument that Bob Iger was just nothing more than just the classic corporate businessman who just basically bought property so that they can be able to just milk it for all it's worth and not being really creative compared to what Michael Eisner was able to bring into the table but yeah I mean a lot of people were just like saying okay can maybe the next executive come in and actually breathe some new creative life into it and then Bob Chaka was like hold my uh dole whip and basically just like brought the company even further to the ground. I mean, the, the pandemic didn't help much at all. I mean, but yeah, I mean, still... to be
0: fair, the, the pandemic wasn't Chabik's fault. I mean, he couldn't do anything about that.
1: But... No, he couldn't do anything about that. But raising prices on Disney parks and, um, you know, the, the discussions regarding about the direction he wanted to go for in the movies and the cost of the merchandise and the reputation he started developing. Yeah, let's just say that he was not liked by anybody.
0: Oh, yeah, and the Abigail Disney documentary also did not help things either.
1: Like, nope, even, that no, makes things even worse.
0: Definitely did. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, but now Bob Iger's come back. I mean, like, uh, you know, it's, uh, is this going to be the era when, you know, Nickelodeon finally gets bought out by Disney? Like, uh, <laughs> <is> <laughs> it,
1: Nickelodeon would have to scrub so badly in order for that to happen. I
0: mean, like, I mean, y- you can see it, can't you? Like, you know, it's just like, you know, Paramount just aren't competing as much as they would like to, and so uh, now they've got, like, Nickelodeon, which is, like, you know, costing them money rather than, like, you know, making them money, and the only thing that's kind of keeping them afloat is SpongeBob SquarePants, and so, like, you know, well, you, you you could see that sale, couldn't you? Like, you know, they would, uh, they chop Nickelodeon down to the point where he is, you know, starting to, like, you know, make a lot of money, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, uh, Disney ends up being the, they start making an acquisition. And, uh, they, it would you know, be it's, it?
1: crazy to see a day in which we would actually see Mickey Mouse and SpongeBob side by side.
0: I mean, it's um, it 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 would be it wouldn't be surprising if it happened. To be honest with you, like uh, I even talked about it with Craig, and even he's not surprised if it would happen. So.
1: Oh man, that would be such a day. That would be insane if that were to ever happen. I,
0: I guarantee, I think you and I are probably spending, like, uh, I don't know, would it be a casual chance? Would it be an episode of Iron and Patricia? Good grief, that would be an episode, wouldn't it?
1: That would be a detailed episode about, like, hey, everybody, welcome to a new episode of Casual Chats. We're going to be talking about Disney purchasing the rights of Par- of Paramount, and we're going to be well, talking about Well, not Paramount itself.
0: That- I mean, Paramount was still, I mean, keep in mind, Nickelodeon is an entity of Paramount effectively, and so, you know, and Vi- Viacom as well. So, you know, it would have been, it would be a situation where they would just not not sell, like, you know, Paramount as it's in itself, but would just sell the Nickelodeon property. Would yeah,
1: but, I mean, here's the thing. If they did decide to buy off Paramount, they'll have the rights to, you know, Comedy Central and MTV. No, not so... Paramount.
0: Nickelodeon, just, just Nickelodeon. They would sell just that to Disney. Yeah, just okay, Nickelodeon. Then, yes.
1: All right, fine. Just Nickelodeon. All right then. Yeah,
0: good grief. But, yeah. I can imagine. I mean, unless Disney like, did a hostile takeover of Paramount, I don't think Paramount would you know cease to still exist as an entity. I don't think.
1: Fair enough. So. I mean, if that's the case, then not only would they own you know all the original stuff from Nickelodeon, but they'll have Garfield, they'll have the Smurfs, they'll have the Chipmunks. They'll be powerful. They'll have T M N T as well. Only that T M N T. Oh jeez! Imagine yeah. Disney
0: doing TMNT. Well, let me let's be let's be honest with you, babe. Like you know, they'd buy Nickelodeon for SpongeBob. They just want the sponge. I think I probably imagine that just all it'd be. And you know, like and you could probably imagine Disney making still even after that's all said and done, they still make SpongeBob SquarePants episodes because obviously that's profitable. So fair enough. Yeah.
1: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case.
0: Yeah. Who knows? Maybe if he does, Doug's second movie will finally get made. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah like that's gonna happen yeah all right, all right. Enough with the complaints about like what we could have had. Let's talk about what we eventually did get. So, yeah, I think that some of the stuff that we were able to get from these three forty-five 45-minute specials was absolutely great. I mean, we were able to get the close relationship between Lusa and Camila. We were able to find out what happened with the Boiling Isles after the Collector took it over. We were able to learn about the Titan. We were able to see the last bits of Emperor Bellows just basically going all insane and being literally a shadow of his former self we were able to you know see the other characters reactions about um you know where everything was going at that point point. and yeah i mean everything about the specials i mean even though they were limited to time they were able to just build it up so well mm-hmm yeah, and I think that a lot of people also really enjoyed the fact that Luce was able to turn into a Titan when she quote unquote died, and when um King and Ida were able to unleash their full potential when they saw Luce being overtaken by the fungus the second time this has happened, and also the Collector was able to learn about how fragile life can be that it's not just some toy that you can re, um you know break and refix again, and also I think another thing a lot of people really did enjoy was the last bits of the story where we actually got to see the time skip uh cutting play you know taking place a few years later where we got to see all the characters grow up and uh celebrating lucas quinceanera so yeah I, I think that what they were able to do under the dire circumstances they did a fantastic job because it could have been left at a cliffhanger it could have been you know a really disappointing ending but no they were able to do the best that they could
0: yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, given the, the confines that they had to work in, I think they came up pretty well. And also, you know, this show got a pretty spectacular ending as well, uh, you know, uh, out no. of all this. Well, all those shows basically just get cancelled, like, you know, uh, and don't really get like the proper endings that they deserve. So exactly. Like a, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean a lot of shows have been cut too short. The Green Lantern animated series, Symbiotic Titan, um Sonic Satam. I mean a lot of shows that we grew up with unfortunately were cut and you know we'll never get the full story and even still to this day Well, isn't that on those sequels?
0: Sonic fans are making that, uh, you know, a sequel series for Sonic Satam. Yes they
1: are. Yes they are.
0: So And of course, is even doing the se- doing the uh the the intro for it. So.
1: Yeah, I mean that just goes to show you that even the fans are able to push themselves into wanting to see the endings that they've never gotten.
0: Isn't it crazy that Crush 40 is doing like uh, an intro for an unofficial Sonic, uh, you know, uh, web series, whereas you know they've not been invited once to you know any of the Sonic Hedgehog movies yet?
1: Why I know, right? Come on, I know. It's like that's like my complaint about Crush Forty not appearing in any of the soundtracks yet.
0: Yeah, just it's like, come on, guys, <laughs> do it.
1: Yes, seriously.
0: You know what the fans want. You, you've been demonstrating it pretty much so far. So,
1: mm-hmm. anyway, but yeah, I, I, another thing that I have to give uh, credit to this is that they. Are- were able to tie up most of the loose ends, but they left it just enough for people to say, yeah, I want to see more of the story, whether it be a sequel series or whether it be a spinoff series involving with Ida and Rain when they were younger in Hexside. It, it leaves it open for more stories to tell. So uh, I really and, hope and, uh, they do
0: revisit so the the owl house very soon, and uh, you know they bring Dana Harris back. You know, like uh, you know, I, again, I think that uh, I mean, obviously, we talk about you know Haley, you know um, uh, Haley's, Haley's on, on it, it, and uh, we talk about something like the other shows that they've got. But I mean, like uh, again, um, if these shows don't hold up, you know, and uh, you know Disney starts to lose ground on this, I mean, you know, um, I still believe it's going to be a situation where you know Dana will be like uh, in a beach in California, and then all of a sudden cell phone ring i, think. Oh, I thought uh,
1: she was in a beach in miami well i mean
0: uh, yeah sorry I, I i said that you know saying that uh, i thought you know i don't know why like, i got i got my i got my beaches confused so like you know she's in california not florida completely
1: so. different beaches the beaches in california would be freezing
0: yeah like uh, well you know like um i mean she wouldn't be like going in the water in there would she
1: i guess that's true i guess she could be getting some sun or something yeah exactly or, or, or maybe just drinking a pina colada <laughs> mm,
0: maybe so uh yeah, she'll be on a beach in California, then all of a sudden her face up on a ring. I think it'd be like. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, we even talked about this in the uh, discussion that uh, Disney Plus might be the place where they'd be doing a lot of the um, story driven shows that um, kind of like the Owl House or Amphibia or uh, Gravity Falls, while uh, Disney Channel will be focusing on like the episodic stuff. I mean, we already talked about that um, Molly Knox Oster Tag is going to be working on a show called Neon Galaxy. That That's going to be focusing a lot more on the story driven stuff. And a lot of people who formerly worked on the Owl House is going to be working on that. So um, that's all we know for now in terms of like some story driven stuff exclusively on Disney Plus. But hopefully we'll be able to, you know, see some more stuff like that because I mean, a lot of people have really gravitated to that kind of story driven uh, style that Disney has been doing in recent years. Yeah. And I'm just hoping, and I know this is going to happen. I even said this to you before we even started recording, that I wouldn't be surprised if like 10 or 20 years from now, if a person is watching the Owl House for the first time and not knowing the full story about what happened, they'll probably not even, come you know, like praise it compared to like Gravity Falls or Amphibia because, you know, they'll say like, oh, you know, the story just feels rushed and incomplete and all that kind of stuff. And they won't know the story behind it. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, people would be like, like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if either Dana would be coming back to doing it in the future, or we would be waiting for another 10 to 20 years for them to do a reboot of it, just like they did with DuckTales.
0: Yeah, I think maybe the the likelihood thing that we're probably going to get if we do get any further continuation with the Owl House is probably going to be the Eda prequel. I probably imagine they were going to get that.
1: Yeah, I would be surprised if the spin-off series is going to be like the thing that they want to do. It's like, okay, we're going to be doing a prequel. We're going to be focusing on Ida, Rain, Darius, and Alador and Odalia. We're going to be seeing them in their younger years. And we have Lilith, who's going to be the captain of the Grudgeby team. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the story they're going to be doing if they decide to bring the Owl House back.
0: Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I'm still open to the idea of, like, you know, um, you know, it takes place, like, you know, hundreds of years in the future, and, like, you know, um, there's, like, uh, you know, the, uh, the good witches, if you will, are, like, you know, they're sort of, like, seen as heroes, and, uh, you know, they decide to, like, focus on, like, you know, an you know, uh, a future relative of Luz Amity, and, like, all the other cast, and, like, you know, they do, like, a whole new adventure, so, like, uh you know and well you say for like uh, the, the one thing i always thought about they could do is uh, you know batman beyond and like yes. you know if batman takes place in the future like you know why not do the owl house in the future that'd be kind of cool
1: yeah I, I guess we'll be seeing ulus and amity as like old witches and we will be having like um you know this young bright-eyed protagonist who's trying to basically live up to their legacy you know i, I guess a sequel series wouldn't be too surprising. Yeah,
0: because a lot of fans have been saying like, you know, oh, well, um, uh, um Luz and Amity wouldn't name their, like, you know, their, their um, future, uh, like, you know, a, you know, daughter or son, like, you know, Azura. Or, like, name after, like, the character. And I was thinking, well, you know, that would make an interesting story. Like, uh, you know, Luz and Amity named their daughter Azura. And, and, and But then, you know, Azura takes her name a bit too seriously because she feels like she's supposed to, like, live up to, like, this uh, this good wish that she's heard all stories about. And, like, you know, she hears about, like, how her, her mom... You know, her, her moms have basically been heroes, uh, effectively, mm. like, saving the Boiling Owls and stuff, and she's uh, wondering that like, she, she needs to live up to that mantle, and uh, then she, like, learns the story, like, you know, she, you don't, you know, you're not, you're not, no one's selected, you should basically, be, like, you know, um, they pass on the message of, like, what Ida passed on, on to them, like, you know, where, uh, you know, no no one's uh, chosen to be special, like, you know, you have to seek out your own destiny, effectively, mm. so, you know, do a spin on that. Would that would be pretty but,
1: interesting, yeah. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. So...
1: Anyway, but yeah, I, I will be talking a little bit more about what happened during the live stream when we talk about Elijah. But uh, yeah, I think that the Owl House, I don't think anybody's going to be forgetting about it anytime soon.
0: Oh no, they're going to constantly keep mentioning in it. Like uh, they, the, the Owl House fans are now Owl House fans for life. I think at this point. And, uh, yeah, for yeah sure. Here's the thing, like you know, you know they do like Alcon over in Russia. Like uh, I would not be too surprised if like you know, I really think there will be an Alcon in America at some point. You think so? I think so. Like, you know, it's, uh, I mean, some people are even suggesting that idea at the minute. Like, you know, there will be conventions you know, dedicated to the Owl House that people want to attend. Or like, you Mm. know, or they might even like even hijack other conventions to like, you know, do Owl House meetups. You know? I
1: wouldn't be surprised. I mean, right now as far as I've heard according to the Amphibia Reddit that there's going to be a one year anniversary meetup. So even one year after the show is over, people are still doing meetups and cosplays and stuff like that. So yeah I w- and also the cast uh, of the Owl House are doing conventions and I'm going to be meeting up with Sarah Nicole Robles in a few weeks. So yeah, I mean even after the show's over, that this show will be like one of the most proudest things that they've ever done in their career.
0: Oh, and uh, I-, I don't think, uh, you know, even if you know the Owl House crew don't get back together, I guarantee you on their on their ro- on the road, you know, from convention to convention, you know, like you know Olivia Hack, even though she's more known for like you know her uh, role in Avatar, people still give her gifts for like from Hey Arnold, effectively. Like she yeah, was on Instagram I, today. You know, so exactly. Yeah, so she was, on, she was on Instagram today, like it's showing the gift basket that she got, and like you know, it's full of Arnold merchandise, effectively. Yeah,
1: like when I went over to see her at. Um... Uh, at, uh, you know, Comic-Con in Birmingham, I had my Hey Arnold DVD with me and uh, she was really surprised by it because, you know, a lot of the stuff that uh, she was, like, signing for was Avatar stuff. And, you know, she was, like, really, like, pleased that, you know, she saw a Hey Arnold fan and she even gave me a Ronda pin for free after I paid a few dollars to have her sign my um, DVD. So now I have two signatures on my Hey Arnold DVD, her and Tress McNeil i need to get some more signatures on my dvd it's uh hopefully you know pretty soon
0: oh yeah that's uh, that's gonna be awesome once you get, a... you get if you get if you get like you, know, you won't get everybody you know obviously you know a lot of uh yeah, I, people i definitely
1: will not get everybody i doubt it well i
0: mean a lot of the hey arnold also uh, you know, crew have also passed on as well so likely it is that it would
1: exactly. be exactly uh... so i would yeah
0: yeah you know it's kind of sad really when you have like those kind of like items like you know i have like uh uh you know downstairs i have a picture of like you know with the doctor evil crew you know like you know from mike myers to like you know seth green and like everybody else in that and uh you know, I have Mindy's signature on there, obviously, because uh, you know, were uh, uh, people who knew, you know, were uh, people from like the Hey Arnold crew. Also, I like, knew people from like you know the Austin Powers crew as well. But uh, yeah. sadly, like you know, uh, the uh, person who played Mini Me and has passed away now. So I'll never. Yeah, leave y- that. I'll, yeah I'll never it's leave true. That You're going to get
1: Vern Troyer's autograph.
0: Yeah, so it's just it's uh, it's sad, but uh, you know, like uh, hey, it's you know, it's still going to be it, you know that, uh, the Hey Arnold DVD will still be pretty awesome, you know, with all the signatures in it, you know, for people who are still around. So,
1: yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I, I think that. Um, oh, n- not to mention that next week uh, for the Owl House, there'll be a major Q and A, and there'll be a major um, you know opportunity for you to get signatures of uh, some of the voice actors. So, yeah, I mean, this stuff is still going on even to this day, which is awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, if you want to know more in depth about our discussions of season three, uh, you can check out our um, episode discussions on Aaron and Patricia, or you can check it out on my YouTube channel. Uh, Casual Chess episode 199 is over two hours long where we discuss about each of the 45-minute specials. So please check it out if you haven't had the time to do so. Cool. All right. So yeah, let's go over to our next bit of news. So, yeah, going into more Owl House stuff, I guess, Elijah, a.k.a. Not So Average Fangirl. So we talked about this during the uh, casual chess episode that her grandmother had passed away, which is the reason why she wasn't able to join us in our discussion. And after several weeks, she is now back on her YouTube channel.
0: Yeah, and uh, she uh, basically did a live stream to uh, thank everybody for uh, the fact that uh, she'd been away for so long, and uh, that uh, you know, uh, in fact, you know, she did release a couple of videos. So like, you know, she did keep uh, you know content going, uh, even though she was going through funeral arrangements at the time. So like, uh, you know, was a very good on her for, for doing that, and uh, people were still you know uh, entertained while she while she was gone. And uh, but uh, you know, uh, everyone you know obviously missed her being you know live in the living color, and uh, good grief, did she come back in the living color? I have to say, and uh, so uh, she did a few boxes. Openings, and uh, she was really moved by like all the uh, the care packages that she got from people, and uh, she also uh, invited her mother to uh, come onto uh, onto the live stream for a bit, and uh, she was also very touched from like all the. Uh uh, amazing response from like all the fans and uh, you know all the money donations and everything like that and so so she was uh, you know th- that whole family has just been so happy with the way that you know their fans have come out for them and everything and uh, so uh, they're not so average fan girl has some not so average fans uh, effectively so you know they are all been very unique and very wonderful in, their, in all their own ways and uh, also by the way um, Elijah was asking uh, fans to uh, send purple hearts as well so like cause apparently uh, her favourite uh, her, gra- her as well as her favourite colour was purple and so where uh, she was okay. doing that as well so, so, like, uh, all the people have been sending Purple Hearts to her uh, over, the, over the time. So, it's... Uh, yeah. But, you know, she's uh, back to doing... Uh, her, I mean, obviously, she's going to be... She did... The, her first video back, obviously, was, so, you know, watching and dreaming. And uh, giving yeah. her reaction to that. And, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I say to everybody, uh, whether you watch the Patreon version or whether you watch the YouTube version, it does not disappoint. <laughs> it is <laughs> it, it is the Elijah that we all know and love. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and also uh, Elijah got a major shout out from Rebecca Rose and Dana Terrace during the post hoot live stream.
0: Oh yeah, and uh, you know that was an amazing thing as well. But uh, she wasn't the only one who got the uh, you know. The, the, yeah, the
1: people got out. a shout out too because of the Hootie hole theory.
0: Yeah, and also Rebecca Rose herself also got a shout out as well for all the stuff that she did. How could she not get a shout out for like all the stuff that she did? Because you I know, mean, obviously-
1: absolutely. I mean, y- 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 you know, I'm really kicking myself that I did my media hall of fame video too early, where I highlighted fans who were so integral to their favorite shows. They eventually became a part of it. I, I should have waited because otherwise I would have included Rebecca into it. It's like, okay, she was a fan of the Owl House. She did reactions and theories to it. And everybody just loved it so much that she was included as a production assistant.
0: Oh, By the way, one thing that Rebecca Rose also said is that, I remember that she did her video, you know, where can, we'll lose talk to the Titan. And now everyone's commenting yes on a video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. But uh yeah, I mean, um, so also, um, I think, you know, various other people also got also shout-outs as well. I think, uh, was it was it Man of the Thousand Words, I think, is the other person? Yeah, Man of
1: the, yeah, Th- Man of the Thousand Words got a shout-out. Um, yeah, I think that uh, Roundtable got a shout-out. Various, you know, un- um, uh, reactors got shout-outs as well, which is great. I- I'm really happy that, you know, Dana is not only a fan of all the fan art and the fan, um, you know, merchandise and all that kind of stuff, but she's also fans of people who do, re- you know, like, reactions and and theories on her videos. That's actually pretty cool. Oh yeah,
0: well, like, you know, back in the day, like, you know, obviously, you know, uh, creators couldn't like, you know, see like how their fans reacted to their content. Like, you know, uh, you know, you didn't know, you know, what what we had dial-up internet at that time and like no YouTube. Yeah. Or anything like that, like you know, I know he's going to make it sound like old fogies, and like you know, but I don't care, like you know, you know, I'm am giving you all this for context, so like you know, you know, Greg Baller back in the day, the only way he could really garner like you know true appreciation for his show was through fan mail, like you know, where where you had to like write on a bit of paper and put it in an envelope and send it off through the through the through the through the letterbox, you know, like you know, or even you but towards like the end of the tenure, you would also get emailed as well, but even then, that was like you know, far and few between. Uh, effectively. He, and not so. to
1: mention that Craig also did a lot of interviews for uh, fan forums where he was able to answer questions that the fans wanted to know about.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, uh, there's, um, I mean, the 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 reason why a lot of, uh, you know, creators really do, you know, uh, indulge into, you know, the, the online experience of, like, watching reaction videos and, like, theories and things like that is because, you know, a lot of creators didn't get that opportunity at that time. So, like, yeah, they really do appreciate your feedback. When you when you do that, uh, and uh, it's not just like you know creators of shows themselves. Even like reviewers, even like also appreciate that as well. Like uh, you know, Linkara says he reads every comment that he re- that he gets for like a, a top the fourth wall. So it's just it's uh, so you know this this type of engagement never existed back in the day, and now that it exists, I mean a lot of creators do appreciate the feedback that they get and all you know, the, the appreciation they get from fans. So.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I guess that, um, you know, a lot of people have also been covering a lot of the stuff that was r- revealed on the, the stuff that was on the post hoot. And I'm sure that, um, you know, if you want us to even talk about it, you know, just really quickly, then we could. But um, this is about Elijah. So we'll just cover more into that. So, yeah, I mean, Elijah and Morgan, they did the stuff over at Megacon, which is what I recommended them to check out. They had a really good time from what I've heard. Remember that before. Before the recording, Morgan was telling us about how she was like a kid in a candy store, and she just like looked at every single corner, and she wanted to just wander off. And she's like, "No, I'm only five foot two. If you run away, I'm not gonna be able to find you."
0: Yeah, I, I mean so. that's the reason why we have being all invited to MegaCon, you know, for the next year is because then we'll have to all be responsible for Elijah at some point. <laughs> <laughs> during the, during the time. Well, they all do it in shifts.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll do it in shifts. Yeah, it's, it's your. Like, th- it, oh, oh, it's all your, right. I know you want to see the plushies, but we have to go in line and meet up with this person that we've been waiting for four hours. Okay,
0: Patricia, it's your turn to hold the leash. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh okay. man! Oh, okay, good grief! So,
1: my gosh. Yeah. yeah, but I I'm, I know that, you know, uh, for Elijah, losing a family member that was really close to her is, is really hard to me. I just lost my grandmother a few months ago, and it's it's really devastating for, you know, as, and... Oh, yeah, well, I mean, I, that, I, that's I, the reason
0: why she got so much love, because, like, you know, everyone's been... Most of her of, of, of her fans have obviously been in this situation, you know? You know? Like, it's just, it's uh, this whole thing's been crazy you know so been. yeah and like so um and also like they weren't expecting to lose her so soon you know effectively and so you know it was just it was uh, yeah it was hard uh so you know it was uh, uh so a lot of people you know have have been in that situation where you know their elderly relatives have passed on and so even I lost my grandfather's cancer you know where, you know at the very beginning of the 2000s so like, you yeah. know that, that was that had a pretty devastating impact on me so, you know, it's like Yeah, like, yeah, a lot of people can sympathize with Elijah at that point. And so, yeah,
1: we've all had a family member or a friend or somebody that we knew that was very dear to us that we've lost. Hmm. Anyway, so yeah, um, Elijah's going to be doing. Elijah's going to be doing some more videos, and she's going to be doing some more reactions. And I'm sure that she's going to be doing a vlog on her experiences at MegaCon. So, yeah, seriously, go check out Not So Average Fangirl. Yeah. Right, so let's go over to our next bit of news okay. so this is actually pretty hilarious
0: okay uh, so um, I- just to give some context over to this so um, Saber Spark did a review of a um, of a, of a, DV- a straight to DVD movie that was done by Jehovah's Witnesses and it be- it's called Beyond- Become Jehovah's Friend now I don't know what Become Jehovah's Friend is about I've not actually seen like the review but uh, I've only just seen this because I follow Saber Spark on Twitter uh, as you do and and uh, so, I mean, obviously he comes with a lot of like furry stuff, but I digress. Uh, but um, in regards to this, um, um, th- this tweet, uh, he basically tweeted uh, up in front of the Jehovah's Witnesses headquarters says, uh, that, saying uh, they wouldn't let me in or sign my copy. So effectively he went up to the Jehovah's Witnesses World Headquarters, they wouldn't let him in and basically sent him on his way.
1: Uh, effectively so so let's take a look to see what he said about this he said context working on a video on this cartoon made by jehovah's witness i took a train to new york city to go visit their headquarters. that's an hour outside the city i wanted to see if they let me uh check out how they made the show in house they denied me entrance but at least i tried um i mean
0: like you could have called ahead (laughs) Mean to say that, <laughs> yeah, you-
1: exactly. You could have called ahead, yeah. Like, I-, I almost tried to do the same thing when I was in New York and I tried to visit Frederator, and um, I had to call ahead of time as opposed to like you know just going in, and then they're like, Oh, I'm sorry, we can't do it because we're in the middle a bunch of meetings at the moment. But I was able to go inside their headquarters, I looked around for like a little bit, and um, yeah, it's just but it was, just bu- it was just basically a bunch of like office spaces with computers and people just typing away, and there was another uh, a, r- a room for a green screen. Screen where they did their videos and stuff like that. I wasn't able to meet Fred. I think he was, like, out at the time. But, yeah, I actually called in advance in order for that to happen. So, yeah, I, I, you can't just go willy-nilly and thinking, oh, I think I could just assume that I'll just be let in. No problem. It's like, I don't think it works that way, especially for a major religious company.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, uh, I respect I also that, you know, Craig would probably treat me with the same kind of, like, you know, thing as well. It's like, you know, Oh, hey, you could have, like, called ahead of time. We haven't got time for you to you walk know, around. You know, if... Uh... Uh, no, no, not all, you know, not all that, and start, gave him warning that I was going to turn up one day, you know, like, uh, you know, like, uh, yeah, and that that'd be pretty expensive to expensive, no, given the fact all of that, you know, the the hundreds of dollars that I have to spend on flights, so like, uh, yeah. But, uh, I mean, um, so, um, yes, I'm assuming that we're... I mean, I don't know if the Behind Je- Become Jehovah's Friend video has actually been released by Saber Spark yet. I'm not too sure if, uh, if that's going to be. But, uh, mind you, you know, we love Saber Spark, but, you know, uh, given the fact that he traveled like an hour out to actually go to try and see this, like, you know, it was probably not the best of ideas, I don't think.
1: I mean, it, it, to be quite honest, I mean... Even if they were uh, saying, oh, no, 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 we don't want you to come visit. I wouldn't be surprised if he still made the trip anyway.
0: Yeah. So.
1: Anyway, but yeah, I'll be actually seeing Saber Spark when I go over to um, to Momocon. So maybe I'll even ask him further questions about this. Oh,
0: yeah. You definitely got to ask him about that.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Good grief. Okay. Yeah.
1: If I do see him, I'm sure he'll be busy with a whole bunch of other people because there'll be a lot of other animation reviewers there. So maybe I'll see him. Maybe I won't. We'll We'll see
0: hmm okay um our last bit of news in regards to uh, our uh people that we like to keep an eye on uh, on in the land of the internet and uh, that is uh, a new version of the of uh, quote unquote the exploring the land of ooh is going to be coming out September 15th of 2023.
1: Yeah, so Paul Thomas, aka Gunterfan, 1992, had put together an unofficial Adventure Time book where it chronicles the making of the pilot and Cartoon Network, uh, Nickelodeon, the eventually being picked up by Cartoon Network. And then he goes in depth about each and every single character, each and every single season, all the animators that worked on it, all the side characters that were appearing in there, and he talked about the music that was featured. So it's been a while since he wrote that book, and now he. He's updated it to include Adventure Time Distant Lands. He also said that he was going to be including the video games, the comic books, and a whole bunch of other things that he wasn't able to include the first time. I told him, you know, try to see if you can wait until Fiona and Cake came out. But he said that I think he has enough information to leave that at points because, you know, Fiona and Cake is more or less a spinoff series. Well, Distant Lands was more or less like a continuation of what happened after the events of Adventure Time. And maybe he'll do a Fiona and Cake standalone uh, book. Who knows? But yeah, uh, if you have ever gotten the first edition, whether you got it for free as a PDF or you actually bought the book like I did. So it goes really in depth with it. It's a really fascinating tale about, um, you know, the behind the scenes stuff of Adventure Time, about how the story went in terms of um, trying to get this. Dungeons and Dragons influenced um, story and making it into like the biggest hit that Cartoon Network had received at that point, and um, uh, what happened when Adam Muto took over after Pendleton Ward left, and. Um, Uh, just a bunch of other really interesting tidbits that you probably wouldn't know of unless you're like a hardcore nerd like he is. So yeah, the new version, it's going to have a nice title, uh, compared to the other version where it's just basically like a mostly blue cover with Finn and Jake, you know, with a Finn sword. Um, also it's going to be released by a major publishing company where he just did the publishing himself. So, yeah, I think that if you are a huge Adventure Time fan, I would suggest that you definitely pick up this book. I really, highly recommend that you do.
0: Yeah, I mean, somewhere down the line, I will get to Adventure Time, but uh, at the minute, I'm still yet to go that far. So, uh, maybe one time, once I've managed to actually get to uh, Adventure Time, I will pick up the book.
1: So. Oh, man, it is 10 seasons, so you're going to have to sit comfortably.
0: Yeah, and uh, I'll get there eventually. I know I will.
1: Yeah, you get you get there eventually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, and we're gonna unfortunately go into some uh, sadder territory. We're gonna be highlighting two people who have since passed away this week, and that is Harry Bel- Belafonte and Jerry Springer.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll start off with Jerry Springer first. I mean, obviously we know him from the Jerry Springer Show. I mean, like uh, yes. obviously it's the uh, you know a, a, a show that could probably be classed as professional wrestling in some way. You know, we're giving like all the crazy stuff that's happened. Even the Iron Sheiks even appeared on uh, the Jerry Springer Show. Uh, effectively and so uh, uh but you know Jerry Springer you know you. like uh, he had you know um a you know a political career before all of this like he was the mayor of Cincinnati and then obviously there was that scandal, and obviously he he, he fell out of that. And uh, then eventually he started off his uh, broadcasting career. You know he was doing uh, you know a progressive uh, show on a college radio station. Obviously he's a former Democrat uh, in that regard. And uh, then after that he was doing adult orientated uh, you know rock radio uh, you know, in that regard. And then you know um, he, he has uh, you know quite, he did a lot of local TV and a lot of local radio you know in uh, Cincinnati you know at the very beginning. And uh, then uh, the discussions came along. In 1991, and uh, that he did the Jerry Springer Show in uh, September 30th of 1991. So uh, it uh, started off as a politically orientated talk show, uh, a longer version of uh, Springer's commentaries. Uh, guests will come on the show, included Oliver North and Jesse Jackson, and it also includes uh, homelessness and gun politics. So he did, why like, do some of that stuff, you know, to begin with. And uh, but then after that, he started becoming a lot more crazy. After that, so 1994, you know, Springer and his new producer Roger Dominic revamped the show into a form of, uh, in to, to gain, a, gain a higher ratings, and the show became more successful. Uh, after targeting, like, you know, the the tabloid sensationalism of some of the stuff. So it covered things like, you know, adultery, homosexuality, transsexuality, prostitution, uh, you know, uh, hate group memberships, and uh, also controversial situations as well. And so it uh, basically, he basically became uh, the king of trash TV, I think, at that point. And uh, one thing actually, I think people didn't realise is that actually, uh, in 2005, uh, before the Jeremy Kyle show obviously became that thing, and obviously before obviously that you know that, that death happened and that the show got cancelled, you know there was uh, actually a, the, an original show that was done in 2005 that predated the Jeremy Kyle show, and that was the Springer show. And so he basically did like you know a UK version of that, you know, to uh, which uh, you know didn't do great in the ratings, but you know obviously it was chance for him to you know go into the UK and like you know try and bring that show over there, so, like, he did get some international. and funny enough, uh, a little bit of, like, a uh, funny, um, trivia, like, um, Jerry Springer is currently the only person to appear on BBC Question Time and WWE Monday Night Raw.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting combination.
0: Yeah, definitely, so, like, uh, and, uh, so, um, but, uh, we all know him for, like, you know, the hilarity that like, he brought to television, and, uh, you know, he was a very unique personality, and, uh, he's actually one of the very f- few people on, uh, who managed to go toe-to-toe with, uh, Jeremy Paxman on Newsnight. So, like, uh, yeah. you know, you keep forgetting, like, you know, he may have, like, done, like, you know, a lot of trashy TV, but at the same time, like, you know, he was still a politician, and he was still able to, like, you know, debate and put arguments together, and, uh, pretty, you know, pretty well. And so, uh... Yeah, so sadly he died of pancreatic cancer at uh, the age of 79 in, uh, on the 27th of April. And so uh, our thoughts and prayers go to his uh, friends, his family, and his fans. So, Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and now going over to Harry Belafonte. So, Harry Belafonte was a very well known singer, activist, actor. If you've ever heard of his music, especially since he popularized Calypso, you probably know him for the Banana Boat song. Uh, we have Jump in the Line, Jamaica Farewell, Mary's Boy Child. He has been in several movies such as Carmen Jones, Island of the Sun, uh, Buck and the Preacher, Uptown Saturday Night, and Black Klansman. Uh, he was really good friends with Martin Luther King Jr. during the Civil rights movement of the 60s, and he has won many Grammys, Emmys, and Tonys. So, yeah, he was a major, you know, like, um, face in terms of music and acting and activism. So, yeah, his loss is very devastating.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, like, uh, some of the uh, roles he was also known for was, uh, you know, he did a lot of kids' TV. He was in PJB and Otter, I think, uh, you know, 1.41 episode. And uh, Mm -hmm. also, I think, uh, did he actually be on Arthur as well? I actually can't remember if he did on
1: not um oh that's a good question maybe yeah. he did i'm not sure
0: i'm kind of thinking he did and uh,
1: i know he did the muppets i, he, I know he, he was a uh, he never yeah, did I the muppets never did
0: sesame muppets. street as well that was uh one yes. of the things and uh he actually you know he was very well loved by like you know jim henson productions at the time and to the point where he was even invited to actually be part of jim henson's memorial uh if you remember yes and uh, i he remember did, you know, yeah well,
1: um, I'm looking it up, and no, he was never in an episode of Arthur. Yeah,
0: i, I kind of thinking he was, but, uh, oh, well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I guess uh, that's... Uh, you know, he's, he's appeared in like, you know, in uh, various other things as well. Like, he was in The World of Fresh and the Devil, Kansas City also he was part of as well, uh, Black Klansman, as we already mentioned, and also he was he was in the 2006 movie film Bobby as well as Nelson. So, right. like, uh, there was... Uh, yeah, you know, he's uh, like so. There was a lot of like uh, you know great things that he was part of, but uh, I think most people will remember from like his Muppets appearances. I think that's basically where he would, yeah. you know what he. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, so.
1: Uh, and also, it, you know, the banana boat song and uh, Shake, Shake, Senorita was also featured in Beetlejuice. Mhm. Yeah, so uh, we give major condolences to his friends, family, and colleagues. Yeah, he will be well missed. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay, um, moving on. So, uh, Kung Fu Panda Four is finally getting some more flesh. Uh, from looks of it. And uh, this is actually a really interesting uh, uh, thing that could... Uh, I mean, I guess maybe are they hinting at the fact that maybe Kung Fu Panda 4 might be the last Kung Fu Panda? To, like, have Poe in they it.
1: Are hinti- I think they are hinting at this. Yeah, so... Which makes a lot of sense because, if you remember, Sh- the Shrek Forever After is the fourth of the Shrek movies, and that was the last one.
0: Well, now we're going to get the fifth Sh- Shrek movie from the looks of it.
1: So. Oh, jinx it!
0: Uh, well, yeah, there we go. But mind you, like, so uh, we'll give everybody, like, the line. So, um, apparently, Kung Fu Panda 4 is going to... The story that we're going to be given is that Poe is going to be trying to find a new replacement for the role of the Dragon Warrior. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess maybe we're going to get a bit of a time jump, I guess, in
1: this, maybe? It must be a time jump, because, you know, it it took, like, you know, a long time for, you know, for them to finally get a Dragon Warrior. So, I wouldn't be surprised if there was, like, a major time jump where, you know, Poe is... I mean, I wouldn't say he's old, but maybe he's, like, you know, old enough for him to say, I need a protege. Yeah, like... uh... It
0: makes me wonder, like, so I'm guessing that, uh, you know, Poe is going to go on a, on a journey to actually find the next the, dra- the next Dragon Warrior, or uh, maybe he is going to, like, you know, maybe put some, uh, maybe this might be, like, him putting, like, you know, another, you know, uh, another version of the First and Five together, maybe. Like, uh, Possibly, yeah. yeah so, and,
1: and, and also in the mix, we have a new villain called the Chameleon that can summon villains from Poe's past. So we're going to be getting a lot of the villains that were featured in the first three movies.
0: So effectively Shang Tsung.
1: Yes, essentially it is Shang soon for Mortal Kombat.
0: Yeah, so that will be that's cool.
1: Yeah, definitely really cool.
0: Yeah, like it. it see if they get any of the, uh, the actors who played you know, Shanks soon back in the day, but uh, I don't think they're going to go that far.
1: <laughs> I don't think so, but you never know. I, I mean, I, I think this is kind of like what they were trying to do with Shrek forever after, but failed, and it's like, oh, we're just basically doing a callback to the entire franchise because we knew this was going to be the last one. This sounds like a much better executed version of that.
0: Oh, I mean, like, well, regardless, I mean, Jack Black's going to be involved in it, so, like, you know, it can only be awesome, but uh, I'm guessing maybe if we are going to have a situation Situation where you know where he's gonna go and find some warriors, and they're all gonna like you know fight for you know the uh, the honor of being the dragon warrior, and like uh, maybe that's uh, probably gonna be end anyway, up being the story, and uh, interesting to see where that turns out. But uh, I'm guessing you know uh, what does that say for the future of the uh, Kung Fu Panda you know uh, you know uh, saga? I guess like uh, I mean one interesting thing I was thinking of when I was hearing that is that uh, I mean could we essentially be having a creed situation? Do you think? Well, like, you know... Oh, uh, so... you, you,
1: you could be right, in which, like, you know, you had the Rocky movies, and then you had Creed, which focused on Adonis, who is the son of Apollo Creed, and then Rocky was trading him, and then eventually he stood out in his own right, so
0: maybe yeah so like uh, maybe this is going to be okay well um i'm guessing maybe jack black is now going to step away from the Po character maybe or maybe he's going to like do cameos in future movies i don't know but uh, if that uh, ends up being the case then i guess maybe here's the new dragon warrior and uh, this is going to be you know where kung fu panda is going to go for you know for him and into... mind you interestingly enough you couldn't really call it kung fu, kung fu panda anymore could you if we're gonna if, if it's not a panda that is so exactly yeah Yeah, but uh, i'm intrigued to say the least, and uh, yeah, so uh, and we do Dream Machine anyway. So regardless whether it's bad or good, we'll go see it, and uh, we'll definitely tell you all we think about it.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be coming out next year, which um, yeah, I, I mean, it, I guess you know we're gonna have to wait and find out some more information once that comes about.
0: Yeah, well, uh, we'll definitely let you know about it. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Cool. Oh,
1: all right, so- and finally, we're gonna be going over to. The first animated Transformers movie.
0: <laughs> Which we all say absolutely not. And here's the thing about this. Like, you know, we fault Twitter for sometimes, you know, getting things wrong. But oh my goodness, when they put on the uh, the uh, more context on this tweet. Oh my goodness, well, I was actually so happy about it. I actually left feedback for it to say, yeah, yeah Twitter, well done on actually doing this for, <laughs> this for once. Because, so, let's we'll give everyone the line. Deadline 3. In some reason thinks that Paramount Animation, Hasbro, and E1 are going to be teaming up for the quote-unquote first ever animated Transformers movie. That is absolutely incorrect, and everybody should know this. Uh, anyone who is anybody who is uh, you know involved in covering this type of stuff knows that Transformers already has a movie that was already out in the 1980s, and everyone knows how profound it is because Optimus Prime died in it. Yes. Like, oh my! How could you overlook this in the Transformers saga? It was such a—it was such an epic movie. Effectively, like you know.
1: Yeah, I guess when you think about Transformers movies, I guess like oh the the first one that ever happened, I guess that doesn't count.
0: Leonard Nimoy plays Unicron. Yeah. Come on.
1: Exactly, and and voiced by Orson Welles. Hello. You,
0: how could you? You sorry? No, I mean like uh, whoever wrote this article you know, uh, really needs to sit down and, uh, you know, cons- consider his, you know, uh, position in the geek fandom, I have to say.
1: or well, I, mean, I mean, you know, we could make the argument that maybe whoever was the one who wrote this article, maybe they were just below the age of 30 and probably didn't even remember that this movie came out because they weren't even born when this movie came out.
0: May Yeah, uh, but even then, like, that doesn't that does not disqualify you from doing your research. You know, eh,
1: fair enough. You know, like, you know, anyway,
0: well, but- w- World War II happened before any of us were born. We still learn about it, you know? No, yeah, but
1: that's because we were taught about it in class.
0: Well, yeah, but, uh, you know, like, uh, but still, we still know of it, you know? Yeah,
1: it's not like we have a Geek 101 class. It's like, hey, welcome aboard. Today we're going to be learning how to speak Klingon. Well,
0: I think that, I think they, sh- well, I would not go that far, but I think, you know, uh, you know, like, there are, like, you know, um, I remember you, like, you have, like, you know, arts and, like, you know, you know, yeah, uh, you know, um, actually, I actually, I like a class in, uh, in school, where, like, you know, I learned about, like, you know, the history of movies and things like that. You but know, yeah, like... movies
1: is one thing. Like, geeky stuff like Transformers is another.
0: Uh, I still think it's part of our history. In my opinion, Fair but whatever.
1: Anyway, so let's let's talk about it. So Paramount Animation, Hasbro and E1 are teaming up for the animated Transformers movie called Transformers One, directed by Josh Cooley and executive produced by Steven Spielberg. Uh, the the movie is going to be casted by Chris Hemsworth, Brian Terry Henry, Scarlett Johansson, Keegan Michael Kay, John Hamm, and Lawrence Fishburne. So Optimus Prime is going to be uh, teaming up with Megatron. This is how they were you know like first it, Brothers brothers. And arms to sworn enemies and uh, Optimus Prime is going to be played by Chris Hemsworth Megatron is going to be played by Brian Terry Henry uh, Scarlett Johansson is going to be Alita uh, Key is going to be Bumblebee John Hamm is going to be Sentinel Prime and Lawrence Fishburne is going to be Alpha Trion yeah. Uh, by yeah, the way so like a um a, a
0: couple a couple of days ago um uh, so cybertron.com actually uh, uh released uh, some uh you know some some leaks actually of uh, Transformers one actually being announced and so like right now they only have like of like you know on a giant city of like right. you know of our characters and so uh, transformers one is uh, penciled in for July 19th of 2024. So, okay uh, cool yeah so that's that's what they're going to come up with it. but uh, I mean it's looking like the silhouette I mean like uh, the design of the city that they got like you know Cybertron actually looks really good so like I guess they're going to be like making it more you know because before like you know some like you know depictions of Cybertron have been kind of like treating it like just like you know as like a giant ball of metal in a way, with, like, you know, just, like, you know, pipes and things you can just go through and stuff like that, like, it, it wasn't, like, you know, it Seems to be portrayed as, like, you know, like, uh, you know, very city-like, but, uh, you know, in this variation, I think they're kind of going in that direction, which, you know, like, uh, kind of reminds me of Cyberpunk 2077 20, mm. a little bit, so.
1: Okay, that yeah. sounds pretty Cool. Cool. Yeah, so um, I I take it that because it's Paramount Animation, I mean, it, did it say that it was going to be released in theaters or was it going to be Paramount Plus? Um,
0: I mean, like it seems to be, it seems to be in to be a theatrical movie from the looks of it. I mean, okay, uh, so yeah. it'll be
1: very similar to the uh, the other T M N T movie that's going to be coming out around next year as well.
0: Yeah, so uh, I think I think that's probably the uh, maybe they're going to compete with it. Maybe like you know, where it's going to oh, mind you, that wouldn't make much sense would it? Because obviously T M N T obviously Paramount still within the Paramount family, pretty much, under Nickelodeon. So, like... Yeah, exactly.
1: uh, And also, they have Sonic coming out. So, yeah, Paramount's gonna have a pretty banger year. Sonic, Transformers, TMNT. Mm,
0: yeah. I mean, like, uh, they got plenty to work with. So... Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so... All right then. Well, I think besides that, I think uh, that's about it for uh, you know this part of the show. So we are going to move into our spoiler section now. And uh, so anyone who doesn't want to be spoiled on uh, Moon Golden and Devil Dinosaur, please uh, avert your attention. And uh, we will see you all next week. So. All right. See you, everyone. Okay. Going once. Going twice, going three times, and we're officially in spoiler section. So, uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. This one's about is called Teacher's Pet, and so um, this is um, an. Episode- are you
1: sure it's Teacher's Pet? I thought it was Moon Girl's Day Off.
0: Um, no, I'm definitely sure it's Teacher's Pet.
1: Hmm, are you sure? Because Moon Girl's Day Off took place immediately after goodnight Night, Moon Girl.
0: Uh, no, well, uh, hang on a second. I'm pretty sure that you know uh, Moon Girl's Day Off is like the season finale. I would have. No, thought. it's
1: not. No, Moon Girl's Day Off is not the season finale. OMG issue two is the season finale.
0: Oh yeah, sorry, like uh, well uh, hang on a second. Let me just check this out. I'm pretty sure like you know, that was the next episode after the uh the, the Beyonder, I thought.
1: Uh No it's not. The Beyonder, then it was Goodnight Moon Girl, and then Moon Girl's Day Off.
0: Wait, hang on a second. Um let let me look at this. I'm sorry, everybody. Like, you know, I think me and, me and Patricia got mixed up. By the way, we don't watch this together, by the way. We watch this separately. So, uh, yeah, because we talked about the Beyonder. Then we talked about, uh, you know, Good Night Moon Girl. The next one that I've got is episode 8, Teacher's Pass.
1: Well, I got episode... I got the next episode, which is Moon Girl's Day Off.
0: That's episode 8.
1: Well, for me, that's episode 7.
0: Yeah, well, episode 7 for me is Good Night Moon Girl.
1: Well, I have Moon Girl's Day Off.
0: Um, Okay. So, uh, I'll, I'll give you the list. So, I've got Teacher's Pet's episode 8. Episode 9 is uh, Skip This Ad uh, Adolescence. And uh, n- n- number 10 is Moon Girl's Day Off.
1: Oh, okay. So, y- what about Goodnight, Moon Girl? We- that's what we talked about last time.
0: Uh, yeah, Mo- Goodnight, Moon Girl's is number- episode 7.
1: Yeah, okay. So, y- what about Moon Girl's Day Off?
0: That's episode 10. Oh, it is? Yeah. huh
1: Oh, okay, so wait. Episode ten is Good Night Moon Girl. I said Moon Girl's Day Off. So what's West- okay? So I guess we got things mixed up then.
0: Well, I mean, log into Disney Plus. What is it? What does it say on season one?
1: Well, season one is uh, yeah, it's um, uh, Moon Girl Landing, The Borough Bully, Run the Rink, Check Yourself, Hair Today Gone Tomorrow, The Beyonder, um, Good Night Moon Girl, Moon Girl's Day Off, Teacher's Pet, Skip This Adolescence. Um, that is like so month-
0: strange. Uh, on on mine, it's uh, I'll uh, I'm gonna try and get you the, the whole the whole thing, but yeah, I do not have that. Is not why I see on my screen.
1: Okay, so I, you don't have Moon Girl's Day Off.
0: I have Moon Girl's Day Off, but I've not seen it. It's episode ten.
1: Oh, because Good Night Moon Girl is episode ten for me.
0: Um, that is so strange. Why are they mixed up the episodes on Disney Plus?
1: I don't know. Maybe it's maybe maybe they aired it differently in the in the from the US to the UK.
0: Right. Okay. Then uh, let me just sh- let me sh- let me just show you this now because uh i'm i'm saying you over on uh, discord that is that is i'm that's legit what I'm seeing on on disney plus i'm not playing
1: okay wow then yeah your yours is different than mine
0: yeah. All right. Okay. So,
1: okay. Well, luckily, luckily, I did see Teacher's Pass, so we can talk about that.
0: Okay, we'll talk about Teacher's Pass. So, um, I mean, so Devil accidentally loses a class, you know, uh, hamster, and uh, you know, th- this actually is a really interesting episode because it is because, like, like, I mean, this has so this has so many characters' perspective on this because uh, you know, funny enough, the hamster actually has his own character. It's it's not just a dumb hamster, you know, like it's just it. So, yeah, that's the funniest thing about like, you know, hamsters in cartoons are usually played off as like, you know, not very intelligent sometimes
1: yeah, and, yeah. I, I mean are, are they, they're they're used as literally the butt of the jokes like that south park episode with lemmy winks yeah
0: exactly and so like uh, this is um you know this is a refreshing you know did de- you know departure from you know what we usually see with like you know small cute creatures that's are really aren't are portrayed as like, not having like much you know intelligence which yeah, you know, i'm you know.
1: actually curious um do you have in the uk ever had like um a, a class pet that you would take care of
0: um yeah, we did. We had like, you know, my, you know like, you know, hamsters because like, you okay. know, they they're easy to take care of. So, you know. Yeah,
1: we had like a we had like a class hamster as well. I think we also even had like a lizard who would just like chill in a um in like a fish tank uh like under a log and and we also had fish.
0: Yeah. We had we had frogs at one point. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, but anyway, moving back to this episode, and that is, uh, so, um, there's, there's so, um, sorry, uh, Devil is, uh, you know, jealous of the fact that, uh, you know, this hamster is now coming out. Uh, he was uh, Angel, I believe his name is. Uh, yeah, yeah, and so um, like Devil is obviously jealous of the fact that you know you know the hamster is getting all the attention. So, uh, but then um, you know they uh, they call the way to uh, sort of something else, and so uh, Devil ends up getting stuck with the hamster, and now he has to end up looking after it, and then he loses it. Because of course he, of course he does. Of course he does. Yeah. yeah so um, he ends up uh, lying to to uh, to Linella about the fact that he's like been looking after the hamster, and uh, then he goes off and tries to look for it. But uh, then uh, you know he comes back. He, he has to you know messing up the uh, the lab. Uh, l- you know Linella uh, comes back and finds that uh, you know the whole place is messed up. He then she comes to the conclusion that's, you know devil and uh, you know the hamster been kidnapped for whatever reason. And so um, she she ends up going out, and uh, then then the whole uh, it's the whole reveal effectively, which you know we, we obviously we get sick and tired of. But I think in this situation, I think it works, in my sure. opinion. Yeah, so. You know, like uh, the way that this, you know, is is uh, you know, it's to say like you know, um, when when Luna Linella feels betrayed by Devil, and uh, then like you know, um, well, oh, hang on a second, we're supposed to be a team, and they actually show it as like you know, the Moon Gold Devil Dinosaur logo in that. Like the way that it stylizes is really, really good in it all. It's
1: really this. cool, yeah.
0: Yeah, and like uh, it, it, do, it does feel like you know they they, they want to they they do, they want to have fun with the fourth wall, but they don't like want to break it entirely. So like you know, they do like you know, hints of the fact that like you know this is a show but uh yeah which is great and uh, but uh you know he obviously it still tugs at your heartstrings as well Joe while all that's going on because you know you feel like really bad like you know when they do we, like have that have that fight and uh, you know then Linnell, like he drops the line like you know yeah I used to think we were a team too and then you go goes away like uh, oh that was that, that that bit was pretty that bit was pretty rough
1: yeah, um, and they also brought in a new villain into this, which was the Rat King.
0: Yeah, and, uh, well, I, I mean, dare I say, I think maybe the Rat King in this is probably like one of the weaker villains, I think, of this, because, yeah, like... It uh,
1: kind of reminds me of, like, a more watered-down version of the Rat King from Ninja Turtles.
0: Yeah, um, I prefer the Rat King from Hey Arnold to be honest with you.
1: Like <laughs> well, that's the sewer King. That's the
0: sewer King. Yeah. Sorry. Like, you know, but you yeah. know, like he's he...
1: from Ninja Turtles and he has a really like horrible backstory, especially in the 2003 series. It is tragic.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. is, And, uh, so, so basically, the hamster ends up, you know. By the way, there's a good dynamic going on between, you know, hamster and devil, because you know the hamster thinks that, you know, devil is like, you know, a true devil dinosaur, effectively. Like, you know, he's like this really evil-looking, you know, you know thing that wants to kill wants to kill him. But you know, obviously, you know that that eventually that kind of goes away when Lunella gets into trouble, and like you know he needs to get you know devil to help him. And, uh, yeah, so, exactly. Uh, yeah.
1: And there's this like this interesting dynamic with like Angel thinking that, you know, devil's like this really big, you know, evil devil looking dinosaur and devil's jealous of Angel because it's small and cute. It kind of reminds me of like the dynamic between um, the characters of Chio and Sakaki and Azumanga Dayo where Chio is really small and she wants to grow up to be tall like Sakaki, but Sakaki wants to be small and cute like Chio because she likes cute things and everybody thinks of her as like really tough when in reality she just loves animals. Animals. So, yeah, it kind of reminded me of, of that dynamic a little bit.
0: Mm hmm. So, um, but uh, I mean, uh, also the uh, the fight scene in this was actually pretty cool. Like, you know, you have to, like, uh, it was like an ages to animate this one as well, because, like, you know, you got all these rats to animate. Uh, on top of that, and like, yeah, exactly. uh,
1: it kind of reminds me of how in The Bad Guys, I'm sure they took a long time to animate all the hamsters that were running around in the city.
0: hmm. So, uh, all well, the guinea pigs, actually, in, uh, in, oh, yeah, guinea
1: pigs, yeah. <laughs> guinea guinea
0: pig. yeah. yeah.
1: But, <laughs> but, yeah, and, and, and also in Ratatouille, where they had to animate all those rats running around.
0: Oh, by the way, speaking of Ratatouille, there's a Ratatouille reference in this show. Yeah, I was
1: going to mention that, so please talk about it. Which,
0: by the way, is the second, like, you know, reference, you know, in a good couple of weeks, you know, given the fact that we also got a Ratatouille reference also in Watching and Dreaming as well. We did, so, yes. Yeah, it's a string beans, like you know, little pet. or little, like you know, mm-hmm. toy thing. So like, uh, yeah. Yes, so exactly. uh, yeah, which uh, I mean, uh, I don't know if they were insulting Ratatouille at that point. or Actually, you know, maybe paying homage to it. I don't know. But uh, mind you, like it's the second reference. So you know, I'll take it. You know, like <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously, like you know, uh, you know, we're all talking about sequels at the minute. Like you know, we're talking about like Inside Out two and Toy Story five. Like you know, I actually do want to see Ra- the second. I actually, do want to see Ratatouille two, say, yeah. or uh, Ratatouille, if you will. So, <laughs> 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 oh man! So like, well, uh, yeah, you know, they, uh,
1: know that. Where are you? Get on that.
0: Yeah, like you know that, that movie now. Like you know, it came out a good couple of decades ago, and it's still appreciated to this day. Pretty Oh much. yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, uh, but, uh, anyway, moving on, is that, uh, so, you know, we're solid, you know, Moon Girl, Devil, Dinosaur episode, and, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, it seems that uh, now we seem to have mixed them all up, so, uh, I think what I'll end up doing is that, uh, I'll end up watching, like, all the other Moon Girl, Devil, Dinosaur episodes, I think, and then, actually, when we come to the next episode, we'll, like, you know, maybe we'll randomise them, maybe, I don't know, like, uh, but, uh, I think the one thing I don't have at the moment is the finale, I think, from the looks of it, so, uh, but... Yeah, I,
1: I think they're still working on it.
0: Yeah, they're still working on that, but, uh i guess what we'll do is we'll we'll pick an episode we'll talk about it like you know as we go along and then we'll just um, you know we'll just go for it so
1: yeah. yeah i have no idea why they decided to put the episodes in an interesting order maybe they were doing it by production order i wouldn't be surprised if well, they did that
0: i mean if it, even then like uh i mean I, yeah I, I don't understand it why in the uk version is it like they're in this in this order but in the u.s version they're not
1: maybe like, it's by production order
0: i don't know we'll find out yeah all right, everybody. Well, uh, that's our thoughts. And uh, yeah, we will see you uh, next week. And uh, who knows what uh, episode of Moogold, Devil* that's all we we're talking about.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, I know. We could be watching the series finale for all we are talking yeah. about.
0: All right. Have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.